Norquist. This is my show. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Hope everyone's gotten a Locals account, by the way, or turned their Locals account back on. Reminder, DrewBerkwist.Locals.com. Then use promo code DREW30 to get a month free if you want that. If you want to just start paying right away, that's great, too. Promo code DREW30, though. Don't just do DREW. Do DREW30 with the number at the end. No space either. It's all just mashed there together. You can see on the screen, you're going to get booze and banter the rest of this week. It's fun. We're excited that we're doing it at Locals. Uh, automatic entry into contest. Commemorative challenge coin sent your way. Actually, first you'll get a link sent your way to fill in your address, and then a challenge coin will be sent your way. Other premium content. It's going to be fun, guys. We're excited about it. We're excited to be back on Locals. Uh, excited about so many things that are coming up here. We're going to enjoy this this December month. There's going to be a couple little things that we change in terms of some of our partners and sponsors going into the new year. Uh, but all in all, just going to be exciting. Really, really pumped for where things are going. Still battling a little something, as you can probably hear, but hoping to to make it through the show tonight. I made it, uh, I made it through Ebola. You did, yeah. Ebola, AIDS, what else did we get? White Rabies. lungs. <laughs> White lungs the one coming out now from China. White lung, yeah. I, it's funny, I, I would be working from home and I'd have the audio on just because I couldn't find my AirPods. And <laughs> my wife would be like, did they just say you have Ebola? I was like, yeah. They know I can't talk back, so that's what's happening. They get to say she's whatever like, they yes. want. She's like, seems fair. <laughs> Aerosolized Ebola, which actually they're one of the uh, labs in China is working on that. Perfect. Perfect. That's delightful. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, it's uh, it's it's concerning some of the stuff that's that's out there. Uh, the I tell you what, this 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 whole virus that ran through my family and Disco's family wasn't fun. It no. was, I mean, it just it had so many twists and turns to it, and and everyone seems to kind of have the same kind of like progress or, or stages, if you I, will. I just love when I texted you one night, and I was like, "What what's worse than feeling like garbage? And you're like, Canada. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. Politically speaking right now, it, it's it, Canada. It is, yeah. yeah. For it, the record, I feel fine. Yeah, Tom has made it through all of this. <laughs> Do you want us to cough in your mouth for, for you? No, you guys have been coughing all over me. <laughs> and I feel fine. There you go. Perfect. Good for you. Yeah, good for you. I, I wish that I'd know one. It's just annoying. It's long-lasting. Uh, it just is, is, is hung around on the, on the back end of it now for sure. Definitely felt a lot better over the weekend and quasi-better today. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, plenty to get to. <laughs> Plenty to get you. I was looking at something, <laughs> sorry, as I stroke out. No, I was like, do I need to say this again? Uh, I'm gonna, we're going to talk more about the, the whole locals thing and, and some of that stuff later on uh, tonight, just so we, we uh, remind people in case they weren't there on Thursday. But more, speaking of viruses, more virus scares coming out of China. We got GOP senators asking Biden to restrict, restrict Chinese travel. John Fetterman kind of made sense. I know. It's weird, man. He's kind of like growing on me. You know, when he was like, you know, trash talking the Hamas enthusiasts, walking by, waving the uh, Israeli flag, and then gets on the view and is talking all kinds of shit about bombing that desk. Yeah, I mean, it's really remarkable. We'll show it to you later in the show. Do we make Fetterman shirts now? He, he is kind of growing on me, too. To be clear, he hates America for the most part and, and should not be serving as a United States senator. He's growing on us because he says some things that are just make him interesting. 
it's he's also he also does not sound overly sharp while he's making his his statement on the view but good night everybody go i i, I love the eagles uh, thing too so we got that trump called out joe again as he continues his 24 bid chauvin this story i know a lot of people are talking about it. there's a lot of people who aren't talking about it too though Derek chauvin's attacker in prison we never really got to touch on it much last week but but his attacker in prison stabbed him 22 times turns out he was a former fbi informant hmm. And he's white, and he's Croatian, and somehow belonged to the Mexican mafia, but turned on members of the Mexican mafia to put 40 of them in prison. So there's some interest and some intrigue in that story. We'll talk about it. Sounds like a Christmas miracle. Right? It, well, it actually, they're going to turn it into a Hallmark movie. Yeah. It's, it's the first Hallmark prison movie. Uh, the 22 at, at Stabbings of, of Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that actually kind of has a rhyme to it. Uh, okay, so multiple vessels overseas, including one of our own commercial vessels, as well as the, the USS Kearney attacked in the Red Sea. More climate change nonsense. We got a college football recap. I tell you what, we could just talk about college football the whole show today, and you know I would be thrilled, but we are going to talk some news, and we'll talk news first. Uh, so let's do that now. Let's get into some news with the news crews. So GOP senators are calling on Joe Biden, the guy playing president. They're calling on him in the White House to restrict travel, travel from China with new concerns over new viruses and threats that are out there. We'll pull up the letter here on the screen, and maybe you can zoom in on it, Disco, because yeah. I don't have the, that copy in front of me. There we go. Dear Mr. President, in light of an unknown respiratory illness, probably what we just had, spreading throughout the People's Republic of China— we call on you to immediately restrict travel between the United States and the PRC. As you know, the Chinese Communist Party, CCP, has a long history of lying about public health crises. During the COVID-19 pandemic, the CCP's obfuscation of the truth and the lack of transparency robbed the United States of vital knowledge about the disease and its origin. By the way, I'm giving myself brownie points. Anytime I say obfuscation, uh, I, 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 when it's when it's written down, because I, I look at it and I see it coming, I'm like, uh oh, am I going to say it's it a right? weird spelling wor spelled word? Like it's just it is. But hashtag nailed it yeah. today. <laughs> uh, the letter continues on January 31st, 2020. President Trump issued an order to restrict travel from the PRC into the United States to protect the American people and counter the spread of COVID-19. Many officials and commentators, including you, criticized his decision as being influenced by xenophobia, but history and common sense show this decision was the right one. At this moment, the world faces another unknown pathogen emanating from the PRC that could spread to other countries, including the United States. The PRC has reported an increase in this mystery illness, which it claims to be pneumonia caused by known pathogens since mid-October. This illness reportedly is a special hazard for children and has overrun hospitals in the north of the country. The World Health Organization says it's unclear if the disease is due to an overall increase in respiratory infections or separate events. If history is any indication we have, to be, we have cause to be concerned, the WHO has requested that the CCP share, quote, detailed information about the mystery illness. However, CCP has an incentive to lie, just as they did throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, and any new pathogen could derail its efforts to stimulate its economy. Besides, we should not wait for the, the World Health Organization to take action, given its track record of 
slavish deference to the CCP. We must take the necessary steps to protect the health of the Americans in our economy. This means that we should immediately restrict travel between the United States and the PRC until we know more about the dangers posed by this new illness. A ban on travel now could save our country from death, lockdowns, mandates, and further outbreaks later. Thank you for your attention to this important matter. Marco Rubio and J.D. Vance, who sent the letter. So what do we think about this? I mean, it's, it's, it's first of all, I, we, we don't want some other nonsense coming to us from China. I don't know that you can prevent that, but it does seem like you should try and do something. Will that stop it? No, I, I don't think it will because you don't know where it's already gone. That's the tricky thing with all this stuff, right? I, and, and Joe probably won't do it because Joe's owned by China. Xenophobic. And yeah, he doesn't want to be a xenophobe. But I mean, you, you don't know where this thing has been already, what countries it's been in. Since mid-October, it's December. And it probably was before October. So it's December now. You don't know where this thing has already traveled to. And okay, we've banned travel from China. Cool. It's in 30, 40 other countries already. I don't know. You seem very silent on the matter, Tom. <laughs> no, I just feel like we, we've seen this movie before and we know how it plays out, even though that J.D. Vance has signed on to this letter, who I think is a very rational individual, and I trust what he has to say for the moment. Uh, Marco Rubio, not so much. But I feel like we're just playing into the Marxist hand again, yeah. where it's like, all right, shut down travel. And then all of a sudden, that makes there you get some pushback from the left. Then the left all of a sudden wants to take it further because the left's pivot is always to authoritarianism. And so once you start down this road of, you know, just like this little travel restriction, it's going to snowball just like it did the last time. Well, I don't like at the end how it mentions we need to do this to protect our people and prevent lockdowns, mandates, all of these things. No, we're not doing that no matter what. But those are all a byproduct of, of this just starting, yeah. you know, to try in, you know, we always talk about how they chip away from your freedom by some sort of sense of security. Right. And this is this is one of those instances, again, where they're going to take something that affects a small segment of the population and exploit it. The difference with this one is that's going to spook a lot of people is it's targeted against children. When it was targeted against obese people and old people like COVID was, right. it was a bit different. But this one having more implications for children is going to be a lot more stressful for parents. Sure. Sure. Well, and, and, and again, they are very good at manipulating the messaging, pulling on those emotional heartstrings, because it is. We're chipping away at your freedoms a little bit by, by convincing you, one, to be scared, and, and two, to be like, just do it for everyone else. Even if you think you're going to be fine or you don't care, do it for everyone else. And deep down, this statement's not as true as it used to be, but deep down, most people have good in them. How they execute their lives and what they say and do is, is a different story, but you, you, you don't want to go out there and just screw everyone over. Point being is that message kind of starts to work because you get the, you know, rising tides, lift all boats kind of a feel. I hate that I do too. fucking phrase. I do too, but you, and you heard it, but how many times did you hear it during COVID? All the time. Oh, just all the time. Just stay in, just wear a mask, just get a vaccine. Rising tides, lift all boats. We're all in this together. No, we're not. I mean, we, we are in the sense 
if you'd pay attention that we're in it together fighting for our freedoms to keep and maintain our freedoms from the government who's getting out of control, who's out, not getting, is out of control. We had our government lie to us and the WHO lie to us so much that— I don't, well, there is half the population that is happy that there's a new virus coming out so they can feel justified in wearing masks and not going to work and going through that rigmarole that we went through for two years. But there's the rest of us who are like, you know, it's maybe some to our own detriment, you know, with the boy that cried wolf. We're not going to believe anything the government says. Right. When it comes to this. And also, you can see the Chinese propaganda machine working already, and, it, it, and it's already working here in the U.S. with, with people who are, are just so fragile right now and hypochondriacs. And the videos that we're seeing of these kids, these Chinese kids, all laid out in their classrooms— that this is all fake, just like it was all fake, all propaganda videos that we were seeing early on with COVID, seeing these old fat Chinamen fall over dead in public. Give me a break. That was all fake. That wasn't happening. A lot, a lot of it is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, you see it everywhere. And that's—but they get away with it, and they continue to do it, whether it's war, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's—you name it, because people fall for it. I, I was telling you, I was showing— my, my son, my oldest kid, who can handle more and sees, sees more, uh, just some videos from overseas from some of the war stuff and showing how easily it is to pay attention to the fake and, and bring into question a lot of stuff if you just pay attention. Some of them, it's, it's obviously it's glaringly obvious. But there's others that it's not. But it works. Again, okay. I mean, we see there, there's a reason they're going to bring back a pandemic because it worked for them before. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, 100%. They, they want to control this narrative of people living in fear and being dependent toward the government. And we're just—we're falling right back into where we were in 2019 going into 2020. It's the exact same playbook. Yeah. And we're just repeating it again. And what's coming up next year? <laughs> An election. Yeah. I wrote the bill. <laughs> well, you were going to say something. This I was just going to say, you know, a good friend of the show, Sean Parnell, on Friday was talking about how he asked Bongino, why aren't you showing footage from Ukraine or Israel? He goes, it's so hard to tell what's real nowadays. And he goes, and even with his background, Bongino's background, he's like, I can't tell. I Like, I would love to be able to say, that's real, that's fake. But even the stuff that looks real is probably still set up and fake. Like, it's, it, you know, it's it's... It's hard. He goes, so it's, we just don't talk about it because you can't confirm. Remember we played the video of the, of the Ukraine footage of carrying around the styrofoam concrete? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From yes. the building that supposedly had collapsed? You know, speaking of the footage, I've been seeing a lot more footage from Ukraine on my X feed, and it's all fake. And it's like, look at this division, this squad, this platoon of females going to the front line. And I look at them. None of them have any mags. One did it like a selfie. She's walking. She has a pen, like a ballpoint pen tucked into her body armor. She's the journalist. <laughs> yeah. But she's got a rifle. And it's like, <laughs> uh, what is going on here? This is all f uh, fabrication. It's, it, but to it's, the layman, it's like, oh, that's. They're in the shit, and then and this is so cool and and brave that there's a 
a women's, you know, battalion or regiment or whatever. Look how called. hardcore these chicks are. Yeah. <laughs> no, look how hardcore some of the chicks are in Israel. I'll, I'll give you that. Not all the videos coming out about that particular conflict are real either, but at least at least they are hard and most of them very attractive. I don't know. I mean, God has blessed that country with that. I mean, they've got a, a tough go with everyone hating them and wanting to wipe them off the face of the map, but at least they've got beautiful women. Hot chicks, yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, let's transition from hot chicks, <laughs> from from a potential <laughs> new pandemic, all of those things, into John Fetterman, because as I told you earlier, he he went on the View, which is obviously the most reprehensible show out there. Just just uh, can't say enough bad things about it. It's just <laughs> that bad. All those women are are just horrible human beings. Insufferable hags. They are. Man, it's just, I, I, I really do. I wish I could find something positive to say. But there's just, there's nothing positive to say about it. But Fetterman goes on there, and of course, in his hoodie, and they were talking about Santos. And he, he talked about Menendez and went hard to the hoop on someone from his own side. Take a listen and see if you agree with him. Well, it's like uh, I'm not surprised, but but to me, I think the the more important picture is is that we have a colleague in, in the Senate that actually did much more sinister and, and serious kinds of things. Uh, Senator Menendez, uh, he needs to go. Um, and if you are going to expel Santos, how can you allow to somebody like Menendez to remain in the Senate? And you know, Santos's kind of lies were almost you know funny, and like you know he you know landed. <laughs> on the, the moon and that kind of stuff, uh, whereas, <laughs> whereas you, know, I, you know, I think, you know, Menendez, I think, is really a senator for Egypt, you know, not New Jersey. Uh, so I, 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 I really think he needs to go, and uh, especially it's kind of strange that if Santos uh, is not allowed to remain in the House, you know, someone like that. Yeah. Are you, though, uncomfortable with the fact that there hasn't been an adjudication, that while he's been charged, there hasn't been a conviction? Menendez. With Menendez. Uh, I, I, I am. I, I am. And it's like he has the right uh, to, for his, his day in court and all that. But he doesn't have the right to, to have those kind of votes and things that uh, yes. that's, not, that's not a right. And, and I think uh, we need to make that kind of decision to uh, send him out. All right. Hmm. I mean, Someone was working the prompter well for him. Every, every once in a while, he gets it. He gets it. He gets it right. Again, he doesn't sound completely sure of himself still obviously from from his 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 medical issues that he's that he's faced with his strokes and all of that don't think he should be a senator don't agree with him on 99.9 percent .9 of the things that come out of his mouth but he's gotten a couple things right as of late and it's just kind of interesting to see again we're not i'm not really rooting for the guy he, he lives in a hoodie he's an embarrassment he's a trustafarian he's never worked a day in his life yeah he, he really is. He's an embarrassment to our country to to even I mean, our government's broken and still somehow it's like, yeah, but just not him. When when, when you're putting other people up above someone else, that's, that's, it's just a bad situation. But to his credit here, he's actually actually right. Menendez is, is a sick human being and nothing is done. No, nothing is done because Bob has been in the club for a really long time. I mean, come on. He had gold bars sewed into the lining of a jacket. <laughs> you know, right. Santos is just a, a clumsy oaf who embellished, lied, whatever you want to call it, 
to 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 pad his resume. That pales in comparison to somebody like Menendez, who let's not forget, and I always like bringing this up, helped a doctor in West Palm in, in the Palm Beach area. I think it was Palm Beach or Broward County. Either way, it was South Florida. Helped organized visas for underage children from the Dominican Republic. He was involved in child trafficking. That's how sick this individual is. Right. But he's a part of this club that can do all the, like, when, when he's, when Fetterman used the word sinister, I love that he used that word. And sometimes when people have, you know, like uh, Biden, when they have brain damage, sometimes the words that they use, they, if their brains weren't damaged in some sort of way, they would have chosen, you know, less harsh word. But sinister is the perfect word to describe Bob Menendez and his wife. He is a very sinister, sick, dark, twisted individual. And but he's but he's he, part of the club and he plays for the right. team. Yeah, he's part of the club. He plays for the right team and he's got leverage over the key other key people. Yeah, no, it's it's true. Uh, it, but again, it's I. It's interesting. The, I would love to hear the conversations with Fetterman this week on the Hill behind closed doors. Like, bro, what are you doing? You can't call out one of our own. You, yeah. That's not how it works. If you want to be a part of the club down the road in the future, you need to do what you're told and not, not say things like that. Anyways, it was interesting. One of the, one of the more interesting conversations or just say, not conversations, but just clips from the view, which usually gives us just nothing but hate and, Hey, Fetterman, you ever heard of JFK and what happened to him? Have you ever heard of uh, Oswald and what happened to him? Have you ever heard of Seth Rich and what happened to him? Oh, did you happen to see what happened to Chauvin? Yeah. Mind your tongue, boy. Yeah. Mind your tongue, indeed. Trump doesn't like to mind his tongue, and I like that about him. He shoots from the hip, uh, and, and that's something that people love and adore about him. It's things that people hate about him, too. But— he spoke out, and he was saying how Trump, uh, how we as a country obviously don't like communists, tyrants, et cetera, which is funny because we don't, and the left is is always called him that. There's so many articles that keep coming out. Next time, he, next time he will be a tyrant and an authoritarian and a dictator. Like, you stop it, you guys. That it never happened before. It's not going to happen again. But maybe it should, if we're being honest. But. He's saying we don't like communist tyrants and talks about how Joe is the most corrupt president in history. I would I would say he's the most corrupt and the worst, which usually will go together. Uh, all those things. Here, here was the clip. Because the fact is, Americans don't like fascists. We don't like communists. We don't like tyrants. We don't like corrupt politicians like Joe Biden. Without question, this is the worst president, most corrupt president in the history of the United States of America, without question. And I promise you this, if you put me back in the White House, their reign will be over and America will be a free nation once again. We're going to be a free nation. So people hear that. A lot of people hear that. There's probably trolls here today, you know, listening to that speech. Others, others out there on, on the, the world wide web, the socials that are out there. And they'll say, what's he talking about? We are a free country. And I would argue you're not paying attention. We have this, this false sense of, of freedom that's there. And I'm not saying we are not a free country. I've been to other countries 
all over the world, so has Tom. We are free, but we're not as free as, as we think we are. And that's, that's the game, yeah. is, is you give people a false sense of freedom, and, and you tell them you're free. And the Constitution gives you this and this, that, and the other. And then you start to pay attention, and you realize, oh, the government doesn't care about us. The government doesn't care about the Constitution. They care about power and control. And you know what? They're all getting rich. They're all getting more power, more comfortable. We're, we're losing more and more comfort, freedom, all of those things. And it's death by a thousand cuts, so you don't notice it. But you get to the end, it's like, oh, oh, we're actually not that free. You look at elections. You look at the pandemic. You look at so many things. I mean, the last three years, if the last three years haven't shown you that America's not exactly what we all thought it was, I don't know what it's going to take. Douglas Mackey is in prison for making a meme. A meme, yeah. <laughs> so you can't say that we've got total freedom of speech, but then you go back to what the left always does is they always push these little things. And once they push them with these cultural uh, crusades, they turn into laws. You know, now they, they, they pushed for hate speech for so long. Hate speech became hate crimes. And so now it's a crime to perpetrate something against somebody else who's in a protected class. It'll always go back to you. You could be in the right, and, but it'll look like you committed a hate crime right. if the person's race, gender is something different from your own. And so now we're reaching that the, the apex of what the left has been pushing the entire time when all of us warned against the stupid thing called hate speech and where it leads to because it's it's just going to erode erode away all your freedoms of speech. Right. And that's where we are now. Exactly. It, it's, it's exactly where we are. All, all of those, I mean, the, the, the terminology that's used for all of this stuff too, hate speech, hate crime, people just being triggered and I just I just it's it's crazy to think where we are from where we came from it's not good it's not good at all uh I want to talk about something real quick let's touch on this because I've never liked this kid (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna try and be nice but I, I think that this 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 kid um is a hot mess an arrogant little douche and I'm talking about Ryan, Ryan Fournier, who is, uh, was Students for Trump guy, very in, involved in the mega crowd, a young, arrogant little prick, just very into himself. And if you, if you know, if you follow, a lot of you follow him, there's a, he has a million followers on Twitter. But if, you, if you've experienced him uphand, he's, I, I, he's, he's not someone I, I think you want to be associated with. Certainly not if you're his girlfriend, because apparently he was arrested for pistol whipping his girlfriend with a SIG P229, which, by the way, is not a light light (laughs) firearm. But you can see it here. This is from the magistrate from the court talking about grabbing her right arm, striking her in the forehead with a firearm. Six hour P229. Great gun. Great gun. But this this all happened. This order came on on November twenty first of this year, just weeks ago. And of course, the left is loving it. The left is loving it. Oh, did you see this person tied to Trump, arrested for beating his girlfriend? And then they'll of course show tweets 
where he's he's made points that are contrary to that kind of a lifestyle, contrary, you know, all that kind of stuff, picking on the left, and and they're relishing in this. I would just say I'm not surprised this guy, again, so into himself. He's been on the show way back in in the day, back in the Blaze days, actually, uh, when he was when he was grifting and trying to 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 get to the point where he is now. But he's just not real, not a real real person. And and it's a bad look for us. And and I, stepping aside from him, this 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 where the left is using this. And and at the end of the day, this story is not going to go that far because no one really cares about this kid, left or right. <clears throat> more more people on the right than they should. But you've 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 got enough Trump didn't put him in any position that he did to my knowledge but team trump did team trump has has put some different influencers and kids people of different ages in different spots and i just always feel like and you can't avoid it you can't avoid it not not only in politics but you can't avoid it just in general life but you get some of the wrong people around and it starts to really i mean what did your parents tell you growing up don't hang out with with that kid or that kid because you're guilty by association right you don't but 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 some of the people that are in those circles and that and that it kind of comes back to my whole thing right i love trump i think trump was a great president trump's going to be the nominee again i hope and pray that the government is not able to take him off the ballot and put him in prison i'm concerned that they will but i really think my bigger concern is with a lot of people in the trump sphere than trump himself and I say I think I know it's not it's, it's it's not even a question for me. I don't think Trump's perfect. I don't think anyone's perfect. But but the people on on that side who are all in and there's there's uh, I just think there's I think that there's some there's crazy people everywhere. And anyways, I, I just I saw this story. I'm like, oh, that doesn't surprise me. That kid was a little prick. Very into himself. Very into a quick riser. Quick riser. And may, look, maybe it's not true. Maybe it turns out that it's a false story. I, it's, it seems by all accounts, according to court records and everything, that it is. But even if it's not true, the kid's still I, not a fan. Not a fan. Uh, four attacks. Four attacks on ships in the Red Sea. You can see a tweet here. Benny put this out. A lot of people did. But here's, here's one from Benny Johnson. Pentagon says a U.S. warship and multiple commercial ships have come under attack in the Red Sea. We got a statement I'll read here from CENTCOM. Today, there were four attacks against three separate commercial vessels operating in international waters in the Southern Red Sea. These vessels are connected to 14 separate nations. The Arleigh Burke-class destroyer USS Kearney responded to the distress calls from the ships and provided assistance at approximately 9.15 a.m. Sana'a time. This is all happening off the coast of Yemen. The Kearney detected an anti-ship ballistic missile attack fired from Houthi-controlled areas of Yemen towards MV, uh, the MV Unity Explorer, impacting the vicinity of the vessel. Unity Explorer is a Bahamas-flagged, UK-owned and operated bulk cargo ship crewed by sailors from two nations. The Kearney was conducting a patrol in the Red Sea and detected the attack on the Unity Explorer at approximately 12 p.m. And while international waters, Kearney engaged and shot down a, a, a UAV, launched from the Houthi-controlled area in Yemen. The, drones, the drone excuse me, was headed towards Kearney, 
although its specific target is not clear. We can assess at this time, cannot assess at this time whether the Kearney was a target of the UAVs or not. <clears throat> there was no damage to the U.S. vessel or injuries to personnel. In a separate attack at approximately 12.35 p.m., the Unity Explorer reported they were struck by a missile fired from Houthi-controlled areas in Yemen. Carney responded to the distress call while assisting with the damage assessment. Carney detected another inbound UAV, destroying the drone with no damage or injuries on the Carney or Unity Explorer. The Unity Explorer reports minor damage from the missile strike. It goes on at 3.30. The MV number nine was struck by a missile fired from Houthi-controlled areas in Yemen. While operating international shipping areas in the Red Sea, the Panamanian flagged Bermuda and UK-owned and operated bulk carrier reported damage and no casualties. Then at 4.30, the MV Sophie 2 sent a distress call, stating they were struck by a missile. Carney again responded to the distress call and reported no significant damage. While en route to render support, Carney shot down a UAV headed in, in its direction. Sophie 2 is a Panamanian-flagged bulk carrier crewed by sailors from eight countries. These attacks represent a direct threat to international commerce and maritime security. They have jeopardized the lives of international crews, representing multiple countries around the world. We also have reason to believe that these attacks, while launched by the Houthis in Yemen, are fully enabled by Iran. The United States will consider all appropriate responses in full coordination with its international partners and allies. So the Carney was busy, busy shooting down UAVs, protecting other ships in the area, commercial ships who were sending in distress calls because they're being attacked. I mean, the Houthis have stepped up their efforts big time in the region. They've always been active, to be clear. It's, it's, it's a violent—Yemen's super violent. The Middle East has tons of pockets that are violent. Iran being the kind of common thread behind all of it. But the concern here is, is that last part— the United, obviously, we've got the Israel-Hamas war going on. We've got Lady Graham and other people who are just total war hawk neocons trying to push war with Iran. And then you've got the Houthis doing this. You've got them trying to, lure, like, almost lure us into this, which, which you know people in D.C. are like, oh, here we go. This is going to be good. They didn't attack just us. It wasn't just Americans. It was people from all over. We should all be outraged. You know what? Let's be outraged together, and then let's go kill Iranians. That's what concerns me with this. One, uh, first and foremost, I'm glad that the, the service members, the sailors on the USS Kearney are okay, that the ship was okay, that they shot down a shit ton of UAVs, and I'm glad the crews on those international ships. By the way, going through international charters and ships, like you need like a doctorate. <laughs> this one is a UK, but, but it's run by this, and it's right there. There's so many, like, crisscrossing wires. It's like, hold up. It's flagged out of this country, but it's registered with this country. Right. Yeah. Crewed by this one. <laughs> yeah. like, and follows the law by of this one. Like, you've got to, like, literally take notes. Okay, so let's start over. It's, uh, it's <laughs> okay. It, yeah. It's a Filipino crew run by an Amps, uh, 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 a Holland shipping company. <laughs> But flagged out of Barbados. Yes. <laughs> Perfect example. But, I mean, when it comes to things like this, and sorry, I still have a cough drop, if, if you guys can hear that. I, I apologize. By the way, this is the strongest cough drop I've ever had in my life. But <laughs> my mouth is, like, sweating. Gonna, the, the, the next hour of the show is just going to be Drew drooling. <laughs> you, you see, though, these types of events, and 
that's that's the concern, right? The, again, the first concern should be health and well-being of the troops. But then the next one for me, at least, is, oh, shit. Is, is this enough for them? And I'm not saying this is going to start the next big war or anything like that. But it's, it's little things like this that do escalate the, the bigger picture a lot quicker. And I just, I just would pay attention to that. Pay attention to who makes decisions in D.C. and what those people want and how much money is involved. And then see, see these incidents and events for what they are. Terrorists doing terrorist kind of things? Yes. But what's the U.S. response? We'll yes. see. Yeah, I'd be interested to know where the drones came from originally. Are they something that we sent over to Ukraine? And who's operating these drones? Are these people who are, you know, former Iraqi commandos that you know, we trained up in Iraq who decided to throw in with the Houthis who have working knowledge of, of these drones? Or are they Iranian drones and are they trained by the Iranian special forces? Right. We don't know, but something tells me that there is a U.S. connection there, either in the training or the manufacturing of the drones. Well, so, yeah, somewhere down the, the lineage of, of, of things throughout the world, but particularly the Middle East, we're, we're in there somewhere yeah. in terms of— and it's not necessarily always nefarious, but there's always a connection. You, people don't just stumble upon the kind, of, the kind of equipment and technology that they do in that region without, hey, years ago we were fighting these guys, so we trained and equipped these guys. Then we left and screwed you over, which we always do. So then these guys, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just always there. We're always playing both sides in those regions. It's really tricky, and that's—it's that's, really tricky. I, ho I hope— <laughs> Yeah, I, hope. I mean, all you have to do is look at what we did in Afghanistan. We spent 20 years, thousands of lives, trillions of dollars to— Get rid of the Taliban, only to replace them with the Taliban. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Rename the country. <laughs> yeah. You can you can do whatever you want now. Here's a bunch of gear, too. Yeah, and here's here's billions upon billions of dollars worth of gear. Have at it. Don't don't make it a safe haven for terror though, because that's why we came in. You're not gonna do that though. You said that you would. Oh, Mr. Drew, we, you got our word on that. We will not do that. <laughs> Dear God. No, we won't. Help us. Help us. Uh, help us here on the show, folks. We uh, as as we're getting going with this week and some of the changes, we have we have if, if you're watching right now, you're only watching on my Rumble page, rumble.com forward slash Drew Burke, which I don't even need to say the 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 link because it's the only place you can watch it and you're here. But not only are we doing that, but we've brought back booze and banter. So all of Coin Club is going to locals. Booze and banter is back. We're, we're, you know, we're doing that right before the show every day on locals, Monday through Thursday, not every day on locals. You get a, a challenge coin sent to you. You get all that stuff. It's half the cost of, of the old premium membership. We're doing all sorts of changes to make it better for you, more fun for all of us, grow the community, have a good time. So, And you get to try it. You get to try it for a month free. So as you're transitioning away from another membership or any, however, whatever decisions you make on that, you go to drewberkwist.locals.com and then you sign up and you get a free month with the promo code Drew30. So come do that. Hang out with us before the show. Have a drink. Don't have a drink. However you want to play it. But that's where most of the engagement's going to happen. We're going to have some different discussions that we don't have on the show. And we're going to have a great time. Plus, you get entered into contests, you get the coin, all that stuff that's on it. 
So go do that. Make sure you're subscribed here on Rumble. We're glad you're here watching, but make sure you're subscribed so you get notified. Make sure you click the button. You can also just click the button, the locals button, right below the player on Rumble, and it'll take you to the, the Drew Berkowitz Locals page. So do all those things. We're going to take a, a quick break. Before we do the break, though, we got the question of the day. So let's squeeze that in there. We kind of referenced it the other day, but today it's just a straight-up question. And this one could cause a war because I, I feel like people are pretty passionate about this one. The question is this. Real Christmas tree or fake Christmas tree? <laughs> <laughs> Let us know your answers. We'll tell you ours, too. Again, real real Christmas tree or fake Christmas tree. Quick break. We'll be right back. We'll discuss. <laughs> Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Never miss an episode and experience the best live in-show engagement with Drew and the crew on Rumble. Be sure to subscribe to Drew's channel to be notified each time he goes live for the best commentary, the best skits, and outstanding guests on the issues that matter to you. You can do so on the Rumble app by searching Drew Berquist, then click subscribe, or by visiting rumble.com forward slash Drew Berquist on your web browser. I'm excited to announce that we're bringing back our best offer ever on our original My Slippers. You save $90 a pair with your promo code. And now My Slippers come in even more sizes smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new styles and colors. Get them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. What makes My Slippers different is my exclusive four layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My Slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve stress on your feet. I'm so confident that you and everyone you know are gonna love My Slippers that I'm extending my 60-day money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024, making them the best Christmas gifts ever. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save $90. That's only $49.98 a pair. Quantities won't last long, so please order now. to TCW. This is my show, Championship Wrestling, and I'm your host, Trucky McGee. Joining me now is the current world's heavyweight champion of the world, none other than Bjorn the Sickle Throckmorton. Welcome to Trucky's Corner, Bjorn. What's up, Trucky? How are you feeling before tonight's match? against Rico Raymond. You know, I feel pretty damn good because every time I seem to meet little flyboy Rico Raymond in the ring, I beat the living piss out of that Broadway cowboy, which is how I became your world heavyweight champion. 
But two weeks ago, Bjorn, there there was a, a non-title match. Let me it, tell you something, Trucky. Two weeks ago was a load of you-know-what. You had the ref get knocked to the ground. You had his little slut, Karmika, pull a fast one on me, and he put me in that lame-ass hold, whatever it was, and things didn't go the way. No, they didn't go the way that I wanted to. But I can tell you what, I've still retained this title. Every time we've met in that squared circle in a fair match, look who's been the victor. And look who will be the victor again tonight. Well, there you go. Some tough talk from the world heavyweight champion. That match coming right up. All right. We haven't seen that in a while. <laughs> Sup, Chucky. Sup, Chucky. <laughs> we got we to gotta, we gotta get back to TCW. We got to make some... Uh, at the press conference. Yes. Screw <laughs> We've got some folks out here who's got some questions for you. <laughs> we'll get to him, Myers. We'll get to him. I love the Myers. <laughs> At the end, of the, it's like Mickey Mouse almost. <laughs> we, we'll get back to it. Uh, let's get to question of the day, though, for now. The question was, real Christmas tree or fake Christmas tree? Can see your answers coming in. Tom, what are you going with? Ah, that's always a tough one. I always like the uh, the real Christmas tree, but I understand the pine needles, the shedding, the vacuuming, all of that. Once again, I default to when you have kids, go real Christmas tree because then it becomes a family adventure of going to get the Christmas tree and then putting it up and then making the kids clean up the pine needles. When you become of an adult, go fake. Okay. Okay. Disco. So it's, for us, it was more like regional where we live, like here in Florida, you know, they do have like the experience where you can go and like you can cut the tree down. But in New Mexico, you could actually pay $10, go into a national park and cut a tree down, like an actual tree. <laughs> and so that was fun. We did that. But then we came to realize that our youngest was allergic. So we had to switch back to fake. So we only do fake because our youngest can't have like the real tree. Okay. So, All right. Well, I, I, I've gone, I've gone all over the map. So I, I, I kind of agree with what you said, Tom. I think that there's a the, the smell is great. Oh the, yeah, getting it, picking it up, the whole thing is amazing. That's the traditional way to do it for sure. But they've, I tell you what, flipped me because we were mostly there was a couple years where it wasn't growing up, but we were mostly real growing up, and then and then some of of fake. But and then we were all real, all in for all the years my wife and I've been married and we've had kids. I mean, it's always been real until last year because the the tree prices just keep going up. Now, granted, we go big. We like a big tree, but they keep going up. It's like this is this is insane to, to have this for four weeks or five weeks and then just throw it on the curb and have all the cleanup. So we ended up getting a great, very, not very, but large fake one that's probably, you know, I'd say two to two and a half years has paid off based on, you know, but the it looks great. You spend on the tree. It's a great tree. Yeah. It's a great tree. So, so we've gone that way. So I, I like the idea of the real tree better, but practically speaking, we're a fake tree family now. Yeah. It, it was, it's Bidenomics. It's Bidenomics. Yeah. <laughs> 
it was weird because you know when we first moved to Santa Fe, we went to a lot and just bought a, a real one, and then we found out you can just as opposed to paying sixty bucks for the tree, pay ten bucks to the state and then go cut your own and drag it home. That's, I was like, I'm like done. That's <laughs> remarkable. I mean, literally, my my real trees the last couple years. I'm not saying this to boast. This is not a good thing. Were two hundred plus dollars. Yeah. Sometimes three. It's like that's. No, that that just seems ridiculous. Yeah, the only requirement was is they were marked. They had like a red flag. You couldn't if they were marked. You couldn't. So it didn't matter how tall it was. Just you had to get it home. You had to bring a bring an axe and a saw. Get it home yourself. She can't see, honey. Her eyes are frozen <laughs> shut. Of course, the state makes you pay for it. Something that should be free. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because you're you pay taxes anyways. You do, but still, I mean, at the end of the day, it is BS. But at the end of the day, ten bucks—that's yeah. I like but so you do have to. You have to. It's laborious. You yeah, you got to drive out there. You got to go walk around, find which one you want. Then you're debating. How about this one? No, that one. I want this one. You're totally going to end up in a log cabin at some point off the grid, aren't you? Oh, it's happening. I'm reading a book now that <laughs> that, that has sort of swayed me a little bit on poaching and my stance on it. Okay. Like, I, like, I, like, like I, you're gonna become a poacher journey happening with you (laughs) there's gonna be a point where we're interviewed about you yeah (laughs) so tom cunningham worked on your show for for when did you first meet tom (laughs) yes i'm not gonna go to the point of sending mail bombs because one i'd end up blowing myself up two no i I don't think you'd ever continue your list and two there's people that are just not bombable in my opinion you know, I just there's so many people that I dislike, but it never gets to the point of like doing harm to those people. That's good. See, yes. See, FBI. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll make sure we hang on to this file that for a long part time. Of it yeah. doesn't make any sense. My my main gripe is with state and federal agencies taking away your own right and then making you buy it back under the guise of a license or a permit. Yeah. No, you've got some just claims for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's just the trend is I can see the trend happening. Would it be would it be better if I got like shaved and got a haircut? Would that be less? It might help. Yeah. I mean, the whole package, the whole package is is. Didn't you say a few weeks ago that you were getting a haircut? I am. Uh, my my wife wants me to get a haircut for my mother's birthday Friday. Ooh. So it's so happening this, this week? week. Yeah, I got to find a place to get it done. I'm sure you could find a gay guy named Barry from Los Angeles yeah. or something. I feel like it's got to be. We'll what, what kind of look are you going for? Like high and tight or? No, I don't know. Just like me, just like the thickness and the length. We should get a, a travel barber and we'll move the couch and we'll have him. Do, we'll, we'll stream it. There's going to be a lot of hair in here. Yeah. Let's not do that. <laughs> we don't have a janitorial at first, at first, you're like, yeah. And you're like, nope, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's going to be interesting. We'll see. The I'll, rev- I'll bring my hair in, and we can make Merkins for each other. Or you know what? We'll make uh, fake beards for each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not putting your hair on my face. <laughs> I, was ho- I thought you were going like locks of love, somewhere that route. No. No, we've got to wear it, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Disco, here's yours. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. I've made Merkins for everybody. (laughs) All right, we've gone way off track. Keep sending your answers in. Fake tree, real Christmas tree. You're you're not wrong either way, but but you're going to be probably having a controversial view on it because people do get up in arms about it. I can't believe you went to fake. 
know, just it's just the way it is. Yeah. There's a lot of things I didn't think would ever happen in this world. But here we are. So we're going to go to a report here. So it was last week or last weekend, I believe, Derek Chauvin, the report came out. He was stabbed in prison. We didn't, for whatever reason, we didn't get into it a whole lot on the show last week other than highlighting it. But he was stabbed 22 times, survived. A lot of people thought he was that was the end. At least to date, he was in, you know, he was looked like he was going to survive and was in stable condition, right? That hasn't changed. But he's out now. He's back in prison. Yeah, he's good. So he, so, yeah. so he, he survives it. But it turns out the dude who did it, as we were alluding to before, was a former, and Tom went into some detail, a former FBI informant. Let's go to Jesse Waters here, who kind of walks us through it, and then we'll discuss. Shocking new details in the attempted murder of America's most high-profile inmate. Last Friday, Derek Chauvin was shivved 22 times in the library by another inmate. And now we know who the other inmate was. His name is John Terskak. He's 52, and he's already served 27 years of his 30-year sentence. And with three years left until freedom, apparently decided, I'm going to murder somebody. Terskak is also a member of the Mexican Mafia. And are you ready? An FBI informant. The complaint says Terskak at first denied wanting to kill Chauvin. And then the complaint says the Mexican Mafia guy waived his Miranda rights when the FBI agent showed up to interview him. First of all, why is the FBI conducting the interview? The FBI only shows up to prison murders as if someone's ordered a hit or if the perp or the victim was still informing or all of the above. And why does a guy who knows the criminal justice system waive his Miranda rights? And wait until you hear what the FBI says he confessed to. It's just too perfect. The FBI claims that the Mexican mafia guy wanted to murder Chauvin on Black Friday to symbolically avenge Black Lives Matter. So let me get this straight. The Mexican mafia member who poisoned blacks his whole career with drugs and who was incarcerated during the Black Lives Matter movement is a social justice warrior. And anybody who knows anything about prison knows the Mexicans stay with the Mexicans, the blacks stay with the blacks, and the whites stay with the whites. Mexican inmates don't just start murdering white inmates to show solidarity with black inmates. Maybe. But here's what's mysterious. Terskak is listed as white, and the origin of his name is Croatian. Now, how many Croatians do you know in the Mexican mafia? I didn't know the Mexican mafia was so diverse. So this woke Croatian Mexican mobster FBI informant has been suddenly moved to a new federal prison. For whose protection exactly? We're not sure. And Terskak's history with the FBI is fascinating. He flipped on the Mexican mob back in the late 90s and helped the FBI lock up more than 40 of his fellow gangsters. He admitted to carrying out a number of crimes while working as an undercover FBI informant, but was furious during his sentencing and told the judge the FBI made him do it. Quote, I didn't commit those crimes for kicks. I did them because I had to if I wanted to stay alive. I told that to the FBI agents, and they just said, do what you have to do. 
Liz Collins produced a very eye-opening documentary on the death of George Floyd called The Fall of Minneapolis. And Liz joins me now. Liz, this is getting stranger by the day. How do you think this went down? Yeah, this certainly took another turn yet today. It was just yesterday that Derek Chauvin's family, in fact, heard that he'd been stabbed 22 times. Uh, he described it to them as in being sort of a, a media center where he was making copies at the time. And he told them, uh, you know, that he was attacked from behind. He tried to fight him off. But every time uh, he did, he was stabbed again uh, with some sort of makeshift knife that, th that this guy had. Uh, so there are so many questions about where the guards were at, at this point, uh, why this guy wasn't wasn't being watched. Uh, his family is obviously very fearful of all of this. We know that he's using a walker at this point, so they still don't know the extent uh, of his injuries. Uh, they're, they're monitoring that. But it's this all uh, transpires, uh, Jesse. You know, I was on your show before, but this happened eight days uh, after our film was released. That questions uh, the FBI involvement uh, in in this case, uh, bringing that out quite a bit in the film for the very first time. So there are still so many questions. You're right. Yeah, like you said in your documentary, which is amazing that the FBI showed up to the lab. And, and it's interesting here, the FBI shows up to the prison after the stabbing, and then the Mexican mafia guy's story changes. And he's some social justice warrior trying to avenge black Americans, Black Lives Matter, Mexican mafia, Croatian. Does that add up? No, there, there's so much that, that just doesn't. Uh, Derek Chauvin has been in this medium security facility for 15 months now with no issues. Uh, his family has, has been there several times uh, to visit and is in touch with him quite often. Uh, we've talked to him as well, of course, for, for the film. Uh, so the timing of this is very suspicious. And also, let's not forget here that the only person to receive an update on Derek Chauvin's condition after this happened is the man who put him behind bars in the first place, and that's the attorney general. General of Minnesota, Keith, Keith Ellison. He heard uh, about all of this and was updating the media in Minnesota that, that Derek Chauvin was, was stable and that he would survive. And that happened days before his own family uh, got word of anything uh, about his condition at all. Yeah, Liz, if you're going to do this symbolically, you don't pick Black Friday. You pick Martin Luther King Day. You kick the anniversary of the death of George Floyd. You pick George Floyd's birthday. Black Friday? What does that even have to do with black people? Because just it says black? It was That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, that complaint uh, it really makes uh, very little sense to me either. I agree, but just talking about uh, that it was symbolic. He did it on Black Friday because it is symbolic of Black Lives Matter and the black hand symbol associated with the Mexican mafia criminal organization. So it seems like some <laughs> ramblings uh, that this John Tursak was, was coming yeah. up with uh, at the time. Well, someone was coming up with him. It's just astounding that this thing took this turn. Liz, great documentary. Thanks for exposing a lot of this. All right. First of all, that is hilarious, the whole Black Friday thing, which has zero to do, has never once had anything to do with race. That is hilarious. But it's shopping. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's a miserable shopping day that hopefully you're all doing online now. But there's a lot of questions. And Jesse does a great job, which is why we, we played that clip. We talked about it some... Earlier today, you know, pre-show, and it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense with how prison culture works. It doesn't make sense 
the fact that he had three years to go and you're like you know what i've i've minded my p's and q's now i'm gonna stab someone and ensure that i don't get out what (laughs) and then and then the other really perplexing part to me which he also jesse also brings up is the fact that the fbi showed up on the scene former fbi informant i i understand that connection if the fbi doesn't do shit with with stuff like this when it comes to prisons that's just not their that's not their wheelhouse that's not their it it, a lot of it just doesn't make sense now am i going to sit here and say definitively that they did this and were behind this or that the government in some capacity was behind this i i can't i will but it's certainly, I know you will, but, but it's, I mean, th- there's a reason why everyone thinks that happened is because when you piece all the stuff together, it's, it's like, okay, try and convince me that's not the case because all the facts kind of point to that. Yeah. The, 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 literally my only reticence to say it a hundred percent is just because I, I'm, I'm so freaking tired of having to talk about all this crap happening right in front of us. And I want it not to be true. That, that, that's honestly my only reason I'm not going to say that I firmly believe that's what happened. But deep down, it's like, pretty sure that's what happened. And also pretty sure that the MK Ultra experiments never stopped. And this was probably, and I know I'm going down the conspiracy. You're going way down the conspiracy <laughs> yeah. But this is the only thing that I can think of of why somebody would do this who's due to be let out of prison in three years after doing 27. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, we hear this this talk about people who, who've become institutionalized, and when they get out, they can't handle it, so they commit a crime to go back into prison. But you never really hear of somebody who's been institutionalized who is dreading their release so much that they decide to stab a fellow inmate. That just doesn't make sense. Right. And it, and I think it's well known that I do not shy away from conspiracies. So you could probably imagine how I felt after seeing the, the movie The Fall of Minneapolis on Monday, sending you the link and yep. this happening on Friday. I'm sure if you could crawl inside my head on Friday, <laughs> you know that the demons were having a party of what exactly was going on and who was who and in and why this went down the way that it did. But this is just, I mean, this is classic. The FBI shows up, and then all of a sudden we have this convoluted fable of the, the weird MO behind this. And, and to make the link between Black Lives Matter and Black Friday, that's like a brand new case agent who's right. like, you know— <laughs> Oh, okay, the word black is in there, so let's just use Black Friday. You thought it was, you know, it, we want to take over the symbolism of it. And, you know, and I, if you went down the road of saying, well, it's the symbolism of being an anti-capitalist and to usher in Marxism, which is what Black Lives Matter is all for, right. then I could kind of get that connection because now you've admitted that— you know, it's to commemorate George Floyd, but also to uplift Black Lives Matter and their Marxist push for a Marxist takeover of the United States. That I can kind of digest a little bit more than just the simple fact that it's Black Friday and it just seemed 
like, you know, an appropriate day. And Jesse's right. It would be on some other day that would have significance, especially, you know, May 20th or 18th or whenever the incident happened with George Floyd or George Floyd's birthday. Right. Any other days don't make sense. And yeah. if you haven't seen the movie, The Fall of Minneapolis, I suggest you see it, because then you're, you're going to see this case in a whole different light. And I think for a lot of people, a lot of people refuse to see this film because they don't want to feel like they got duped into something. And I totally understand that. I was one of those who felt, I felt duped too, because there were so many things that I felt were wrong with this case from the beginning. But I just chose to ignore them. It was like, okay, whatever, you know, I, I guess he's guilty. And I guess all of them are guilty. And then shame on me for after, after watching this and going, I was right. I was just too scared to stand up. Yeah. No, I've heard it's, I mean, from you and, and others now that it's, it's great. Je Jesse talking about it there too. I, I, None of the truth out there is very comfortable, and no one wants to feel that way like we all do. Like we, we, on a less—well, not a lesser level. We, we, we feel that way with politics and politicians. We talk about it all the time. All of us—maybe there's one of you out there who knew the whole time just how bogus everything was. All of us were duped by so many people. Look at who you voted for over the years, and look at who you attack now on a daily basis. And I'm not judging you for—, for slamming insults at them and all of that we do too every day but i mean no no one no one wants to admit they were duped and no one wants to feel the way that we all feel right now right but I, the only thing you can do is lean into it and and just do some more exploring and, and and you can go as 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 far as you want you can go as far as tom cunningham does <laughs> I love yeah. getting theories coming. I can tell when he's in like theory mode because you, you can see a text come and it's like, okay, here we go. Here we go. Here, Tom, Th this Tom. whole George Floyd thing does not happen. And I keep going back to it. One of the biggest issues in our country right now are fat lib chicks. There was a fat lib chick who shot most of the video who is a firefighter. I believe she's a paramedic as well for the city of Minnesota. She is the one yeah. that you see, hear all the time shrilling on the cell phone footage. He can't breathe, blah, blah, blah. It's just escalating the situation. That bitch right there is single-handedly responsible for George Floyd dying because she did not intervene on what was going on and try and assist the police officers. If she thought that he was having some kind of a, a, a medical issue, She's obligated to, to step in and help, or at least call 911, and she didn't call 911 until 15 minutes into the incident. Yeah. No, that's your job. By, by definition, that is your job. It's... Well, I hope people watch it. I hope people continue just to pay attention to stuff. And there's... Look, it's hard to cut through. We were talking about earlier with, with, with propaganda overseas, with whether it's Ukraine, Israel, Hamas... You name it, pandemic stuff. It's hard to cut through some of that, too, just on, on social media and some of the, the videos and, and productions that are out there. That, I've not seen that one, but I know from you and from others that it's legit. And I know the case, I know the backstory on the Floyd stuff, so I know the intentions are right. I know the evidence is there. But you do you hear that, and then people get spun up like, oh, my gosh, we've been lied to. And then some, some other dude in his basement 
shares a video online and, and it's total bullshit, but people get spun up about that too and they start sharing. You, you do gotta cut through some of the crap on our side too. Oh yeah. So. <clears throat> but this, this film is, is, especially when it comes to the George Floyd, it's using all body cam footage with, you know, the, with the juxtaposition of the cell phone footage angle. And then you hear the exact truth of what happened. They called for rescue 36 seconds after George, George Floyd said that he couldn't breathe. 36 seconds after he said it. And it took over 18 minutes for fire rescue to arrive. Right. And of course, fire rescue was totally exonerated for their part in his death because Keith Ellison, the, um, I can't remember his name, but the chief of police of Minneapolis in that little beta shit dweeb mayor. He was like 13 years old. And the governor. Frey, right? Frey. Yes. All had this narrative that they were pushing and they were going to stick to it. They they had they had the, the guy that they wanted. They had a white officer, which is hilarious because now we get into the Mandela effect. Everybody, I would say 95% of people in the United States think that Derek Chauvin is the one who arrested George Floyd. He's not. He showed up as backup there. The black officer who's in prison now, uh, King, Officer King, who was doing, I think, three and a half years in prison, he's the one who affected the arrest on George Floyd. Yeah. And that gets taught that again, that's a Mandela effect. If you ask anybody, they're like, oh, yeah, it was it was Derek Chauvin who, you know, it was his call. He showed up and he arrested George Floyd and then murdered him. That's the narrative that we have. And it's and it's done and it's wrapped up so neatly. Well, it's not wrapped up neatly now because after this documentary dropped, they have to do to Derek Chauvin what they did to Lee Harvey Oswald, and that's eliminate it because eliminate Derek because the narrative's already been set, and you can't have this pesky person who is actually innocent of anything that they've done still living and breathing to give their side of the story. And we also can't forget that Keith Ellison and his connection to not only Antifa, but to many prison gangs within Minneapolis in the Minnesota area. He, he's deep in that scene. So if there's some sort of connection with Keith going directly to this guy or Probably, there probably isn't that, that direct connection because there can never be, but in some sort of securitist manner that, you know, this Tursak guy is somehow involved at, you know, the AG level, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, I, what's fascinating, it's not fascinating, it's terrifying, is, is how narratives are, are piped out there, how they're controlled, how they're pushed out because, again, the left controls everything. But you look at this. So much truth is missing from what the story, the version that's being told in public. And, and it's not just there. It's Breonna Taylor in Louisville. There's, there's all these scenarios for people like you could ask, you could go do a man on the street. And most people actually probably don't know anything about either of them. But the ones who are familiar with either the name George Floyd or Breonna Taylor would, would tell you that the media's version of the story. Not the actual version. We need to get Mattingly on the show uh to because we've done it i did it on another show but he's it's so interesting and so important to hear his version of of what happened that night in louisville but the same thing same thing in minneapolis point being is 
they can they control the narrative because they control everything and it, it's it's just astonishing to me still at this point how far they're able to get away with all of that stuff and not have more people question it and and literally all they have to do is when we bring it up and be like yeah but it's conspiracy theorist you're racist you're crazy yeah you're racist you're xenophobe you're this you're that like no no, no just just trying to get to the bottom of it for real because i don't trust or like you and you've got a track record of never telling the truth, media. And I also want to point out that the the phrase conspiracy theory was invented by the CIA, who wanted to discount people who were figuring out and reporting on what the CIA was doing. So when you hear the, the term conspiracy theory bandied about, that's a creation of the CIA to, to throw people off the path of what they're doing or whatever, what, what anybody is doing within, you know, the security state to discredit people who are understanding what exactly is going on and trying to alert people as to what exactly is happening. Okay. A, a random question. Did we ever hear a follow-up story or anything about the two mummified aliens that were found in Mexico? That's very random. No, we didn't. Okay. Because they were clearly paper mache. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's what I figured. Or, but I was like, well, how can we have— They were cake from when I saw one of the videos. I'm not sure if that was real or not. I think that was— into it. I think, oh, I thought that was just a different—someone doing— But I, don't I think know. they're different, but, but they're—I mean, both still absurd. But just, you know, you brought that up, thinking, wait a second, you know, they were trying to have us not look at what was going on in Capitol. Like, oh, let's just tell them aliens are real. But now nothing has come of it, right? Like, we haven't heard any other— no. Reports, no. yeah, that's kind of gone away. The same as the um, the the face peelers in uh, the Peruvian jungle. Remember that one? No, no. Oh. <laughs> that's that was sort of going on at the same time. That one I think has a little bit more merit to it. Okay, let's are those <laughs> the same? Let, let's table that one first. You know, I, I got to ask you guys this question because you're both you know movie buffs. Do you remember the movie with? A Sinbad in it called Shazam, yes. where he was a purple genie. Yeah, yeah. Both of you remember that? Yeah. I don't. I, I I watched it. I don't remember like scenes and lines like I do other movies. But I, yes, I thought I did too. But evidently, we're victims of the Mandela effect. That was never a movie. <laughs> How was it talked about? How was that in? Because I I, 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 I vividly remember, like, there was, there was creatives and everything for it, weren't there? Yeah, no. It came out. I remember watching it. No, it never happened. <laughs> on IMDb, somewhere in a—this is a, a, an episode aired on April 1st. We found Sinbad's Shazam genie movie. Somewhere in a parallel universe, Sinbad's long-forgotten genie movie is uncovered at long last. But I remember it. I remember. I remember— that what was the one where Shaq was the genie? Kazam, Kazam, yeah. yeah. There was Kazam and there was Shazam. There, I don't. Shazam was never a movie. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I, they had like toys at like Burger King for it. So we think, but it never happened. It's the Mandela effect. I didn't know Burger King, by the way, was founded right on on the road that we're on here in Jacksonville. Oh, on yeah. beach. Yeah, I never knew. Uh, was it? It was called something like Astro Burger King or something huh. different. Yeah. I for some reason I would have thought it was like a northern thing that where it was founded. Not no. Oh no, Burger King is totally Florida. And oh. actually, if you fly into the Miami airport, world headquarters is right across the street where the um, 
it's on i think it's 836 the dolphin expressway but you can see the big you know burger king logo and it's a, it's a massive complex over there I didn't know. I, I literally, I learned it on, on a hold. I was on a, on, a, on, on hold for a company. They were like, did you know? And they were they, all these, these Jacksonville tips. I could totally see it. Honey! <laughs> oh, my god. It's good to know for trivia night. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Not that uh, we ever get to go or anything. No, we don't. Ever. Because um, we're here. But... Uh, the uh, let's let's transition to another conspiracy or another theory, which is climate change. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> so there's there's COP28 going on overseas, and I thought this was interesting. I'm going to read part of an article here because he had Sultan El Jaber, um, who says that there's no evidence that we need to get rid of fossil fuels, and he said that, and obviously the left is losing their mind. He, by the way, is the president of COP28. So he's claimed, this is from the left-leaning Guardian, he's claimed there is no science indicating that a phase-out of fossil fuels is needed to restrict global heating to 1.5 degrees Celsius. El Jaber also said a phase-out of fossil fuels would not allow sustainable development, quote, saying, quote, unless you want to take the world back into caves. Amen, brother. The comments were incredibly concerning. This is, this is the Guardian talking here and people talking. They were incredibly concerning and verging on climate denial scientists said, and they were at odds with the position of the U.N. Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez. El Jaber made the comments in ill-tempered response to questions from Mary Robinson, the chair of the elders group and a former U.N. special envoy for climate change during the live online event on November 21st, as well as running COP28 in Dubai. El Jaber is also the chief executive of United Arab Emirates state oil company Adnoc, which many observe, uh, observers see as a serious conflict of interest. More than 100 countries already support a phase-out of fossil fuels, and whether the final COP28 agreement calls for this or uses weaker language such as phase-down is one of the most fiercely fought issues at the summit and may be the key detriment of its success. Deep and rapid cuts are needed to bring fossil fuel emissions to zero and limit fast-worsening climate impacts. Uh, it continues, El Jaber spoke with Robinson at a She Changes Climate event. Robinson said, quote, we're in an absolute crisis that is hurting women and children more than anyone, and that's because we've not yet committed to phasing out fossil fuel. That is the one decision that COP28 can take, and in many ways, because you're head of ADNOC, you could actually take it with more credibility. Can you imagine being so bamboozled, despite just everyday existence and, and real science, and scientists actually rebutting and pushing back against a lot of this, this, this climate change nonsense. But can you imagine being so in it that you make comments like she and others make saying it, it's affecting women and children more than anyone, or it's affecting this particular group, the, the emotional claims they make to try and get people behind it. Oh my gosh, if we don't do this, if, we, if COP28 doesn't make this decision or use this exact language that makes me comfortable, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a horrific impact on society and the globe. No, it's not. No, it's not. You can go back to the 80s, the 60s, and look at climate change. We've had this same climate fear porn out there forever. It's just been called something different. But for them to see that, like, because the people who, who are in this, like, sphere, in, in this world, they're passionate, right? 
It's a religion, dude. It, they're as hardcore about their belief in, in, in climate as jihadists are about the Islamic faith. 100%. You're, it's heresy if you go against them, and they would love nothing more to chop your head off and, and, and show people your head for denying that climate change is happening. But, but what's remarkable to me is—and it's not, because they are just so blind and so stupid—but you would think, when you're that passionate about something, that you would have seen, over time, evidence of your beliefs being legit and true— like you can see, you can see, and, and everyone does in different ways, see and hear God move. You can just see existence. You can see things that have happened in your life. You can, you can, you know, the jihadists have their, whatever. When it comes to climate change though, it's like, I, why, I'm going to use the fictitious person, Jane, who's just a miserable liberal liberal woman i actually like the name jane green so. hair septum piercing tattoos but jane has some some internal introspection and she why why do i believe what i believe i'm so passionate about it i hate people who disagree with me let me look at some evidence over my 30 40 year life and let me look historically at evidence what can you point to to be that passionate again if it was something that was real or even moderately real and you had some wins here some wins there okay but there's nothing to cling on to as ardently as they do i, I there's some nuance to it where you maybe you could be like it, maybe this is true and if that's true then this could be true and what if it's all i understand how the human mind works and emotions work but there's nothing substantial to cling on to Right. And it's, the funny thing is that the climate change people are also the ones who make fun of the Christians who are like into Joel Olstein, And they're like, ah, you know, how dumb do you have to be to give Joel and his wife all this money? Look at all these mansions and all their airplanes that they fly around in. It's like they can it's all it's all projection onto other people. They're, those people, they're the exact same. Yeah, it, it, it's this this gnawing need for human beings to to want to believe in a higher power than them, where you have one that are looking to like the Olsteins, who I think are being sort of bamboozled by them, you know, by giving all you know a good chunk of their money to them. You can do whatever you want with your money. That's my own personal opinion. That no, they're more prosperity gospel type. It's it's yeah yeah, yeah. they're being taken advantage of. And also, people on the climate side of things are being taken advantage of emotionally. These are, you know, emotional hemophiliacs who have lost sight on spirituality and have replaced a belief in God and a belief in climate. So to them, this is their religion, and they're all in. And no matter what they say, any whatever actions people do that are high up in, in their belief system, like, you know, John Kerry flying around on his own plane, the Obamas, Pelosi, uh, uh, what's his name, little bald guy from Amazon, Jeff Bezos, buying beachfront property and also claiming that the sea levels are rising. You know, th this is just hypocrisy. All it is is— it's a control play, and it's also wealth redistribution. That's what they're going for. Right. And most of us can see what's happening, but your hardcore zealots on the on the climate side can't because that's their religion, and they're never going to abandon their religion because that's what their belief system is based on. Yeah. No. It. It. it 
it's it's I feel like I've said this on multiple things today. It's it's a fascinating topic to me because those people are that broken, but it's also so scary because they've got so many people on that train more, more than ever talking about. I mean, we're seeing it. We're seeing it here in the United States, policies and legislation being passed mostly at the state level. But you also have heard and, and you know it to be true that particularly if they win in 2024, there's going to be more federal level type policies put into place having to do with that. And they're going to use the same language they have with COVID and so many other things. It's for the betterment of all mankind. So we just have to suck it up and do it. And we're going to take some rights along the way, but it'll be worth it. Don't worry. You'll get your freedom back. No, you won't. (laughs) You never do. You never, you never do. You never have. They have conditioned us to sort garbage. (laughs) You know, that's to me is one of the most amazing things that's ever happened. And especially with bottles, with, with, with glass bottles, glass is made out of sand. I was talking to my wife about this the other night we were drinking some beers. She's like, throw that in the recycle. And I was like, look, this thing is made out of sand. I can go right over here a block away and there's plenty of it. And I can make as many of these things as possible with all the sand that's on the beach and if you're going to put this in a landfill it will become sand once again right (laughs) well just but also just i mean yeah the whole thing is ridiculous (laughs) because i mean everybody knows that you know all the stuff that you put in recycling goes to the recycling plant but what what is it 60 percent or 40 percent actually gets recycled and the other 60 to 70 percent ends up in a landfill or ends up on a garbage barge going to thailand or somewhere right you know and then our garbage becomes the the problem of another country well, and, and, and that's, that's the, in most places, they dump it all back in, too. I mean, right. some of it gets recycled, but they dump it back in and then pay someone to sort it again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole thing, I mean, if you don't, if, if, it, if it's not maddening, like, what? And most of you, and again, as you said, most people know that now, and, and I, and I, but yet most people still will shame you if you don't, why don't you put that in recycling, Drew? Right, Be- <laughs> yeah. because it's just going to go in the same pile. Does it really matter? Here's here's the only reason I use both bins of the house because I have a family of six and we create so much fucking trash. <laughs> it's remarkable. So I need both ginormous bins each week to hold it all. Right, but I don't care. When people ask me, I just say, "Oh, I recycle right to the trash." Like it's it's. I've gone to I've gone to the places you're talking about where you see the two trucks back up and dump into the same pile, and there's a crew of people, and they're going, "Okay, well, this goes over here, and that goes." It's so dumb, it's ridiculous. I Why? was I was in Russia a number of years, or, yeah, in Russia a number of years ago, and I was talking to a Russian guy who I was working with on this shoot, and he was telling me about his father and the job that his father had in the Soviet Union. His dad was a trucker, and he hauled cardboard. And so he'd go from Moscow, and he'd drive all the way across the country to Novosibirsk. So he would start with an empty—no, he would start with the— like the the shredding of cardboard, like the stuff that makes cardboard, just like it comes in sheets or right, whatever, right, right. and yeah. then it's printed. He would drive all the way across the country to something like Novosibirsk, and he'd stop there. He'd empty his load. He'd fill it up 
with the cardboard that was printed to make boxes. He'd drive it all the way back to Moscow, where he'd drop it off at another plant, where they would take that cardboard and they would shred it up so they could recycle it to make the raw cardboard that he, the next week, would drive all the way back across. <laughs> and these were just made-up jobs to keep people employed, you know, under communism. And this recycling that you're talking about is the same sort of concept, where you already separate the garbage, you pour it all in on top of each other again, and then you have other people sort what was already sorted but mixed in once they got to the recycling facility. Job security. I guess, right? I feel like there's so many jobs out there that are like that. There's so many environments that are like that. It's just when you step back, and if you're in that, I apologize that you are, but you step back, you're like, what, what would you say you do here? Because, and is it like, does it actually make sense? There's so many things that don't make any sense. That, that particular story you just told is a beautiful picture of it. <laughs> no, sorry. Keep, no, no, go no, ahead. I, saying, I have a family member She's had a whole career in Department of Transportation doing roads. Okay. For as long as I've known her, she's worked doing roads in, in Illinois, up in Chicago. Yeah. And you can imagine there, you know, the expansion and everything, you know, the asphalt gets cracked, and they're just always constantly fixing roads. And she's even said, hey, you go over to, like, Nebraska, where they have the highways paved from, recla you know, reclaimed uh, rubber. And those roads are like 20 year long roads. They'll, you know, if they get a pothole, it's easy to fix, but you never, it, it's not, they're going to be, there's no cracking. It's because it's made of rubber. It's like a, this mixture. And she's like, how come they don't do that everywhere else? She's right. like, well, it's, I wouldn't have a job then. So exactly. I'll keep repaving the roads over and over again. It's because it's what I get paid to do. There's no money in a cure or a solution. We see this all the time. We're seeing it more and more with antidepressants and people who are suffering from PTSD. It's not like you go on this and then wean yourself off it. It's like you go on this and guess what? We're going to give you more because for the pharmaceutical company, they need lifelong customers. Right. And that's what we're seeing. And that's the beauty of the COVID injection. You become a lifelong customer. You know, you've got these people who are vaxxed, boosted, and boosted again. And then, you know, the greatest thing ever, you're going to need a, you know, a yearly booster for the next strain that comes out. Yeah. Well, and, and, not, and, and, and not only that, I mean, yeah, next strain, next vi totally different virus. I mean, they've, they've perfected their models as they keep going. And, and what's remarkable is, is the actual shot doesn't have to work. It, it's it's sped through things. It's are better that faster. it doesn't work. It's exactly. It's better <laughs> that it doesn't. Well, you, we'll try it again. That that's. That, I mean, that whole thing, and we can talk about it more since we're on just Rumble now. But that whole thing still, to me, is one of the most fascinating things ever. I know we talk about it all the time, but you were told you had to get a shot, and then you could not still be around him <laughs> like it, but it didn't all the verbiage that they put out there this is your best safety net this is going to protect you the most however don't go around people who haven't had it because then you're not safe you're, yeah. it's like and, and no one no one questioned it everyone was just like well it's still the and the when you did question it like us we were labeled anti-vaxxers or conspiracy theorists or what are you talking about it's like well I, it's like you know um, 
you wearing a condom so when I have sex with my wife, she doesn't get pregnant. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's absolutely ludicrous. And I, look, I, I hate titles like that. I guess I am an anti-vaxxer now because you know what? I didn't, there's a lot of vaccines in the, in the past, some of which I had to get, which I don't like now, but like some of which I had to get, some of which, you know, you just get it as, as, as a young kid. I didn't have the, the level of problems with those. And, and now I, ha I look at them differently, of course, until this most recent one. So it's, it, it, you know, once you lose trust, it's hard to get it back, right? Right. So now you could say, hey, there's this new vaccine that someone made and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna give it out and here's why you need to get it and yada, yada, yada. And it could be legit. But it's like the boy crying wolf. It's like, well, you know, you kind of lost me on, on the COVID vax. I don't trust the damn thing you say. And you could have something that cured cancer and I'd still be like, I don't know. What's, what's the catch? No, we, we, Tom and I were this morning when we when we walked in. I had the TV on watching. There was a pharmaceutical commercial. Was it like Ozempa or whatever. Ozempic. Yeah. Yeah, and and he walked in right when it was the list of all the side effects. And he's like, "How could we have all the side effects listed here in this commercial? But we never had any of those for the COVID vaccine. Like there was no like, if you get it, this could possibly happen. It was just no, you got to get it because it's going to be better for you. You get to see your family on Thanksgiving. Like go do yeah. that." It was no, like, here's what could happen. Well, it literally, the whole thing was just do it. I mean, they yeah. basically stole Nike's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> phrase from the 80s and 90s. We're like, just do it. Or else you might lose your job. Or else we might put your company out of business. Or else you're going to infect and kill your grandparents, which none of which was true. But like, but that was, that was just the messaging. Uh, like Pfizer should have actually changed it to that. Yeah. Just do it. Well, whenever the, the government or, well, actually, when Big Pharma comes up with a vaccine and then all of a sudden this virus, uh, new virus comes along, when the, it, when the vaccine, when there's a vaccine for a virus that just sort of like, like COVID that comes out, there was already, you know, research being done for the COVID-19 vaccine. And if you think it wasn't going on before the virus swept the entire world, then you're, you're completely naive to the way the world works. When you have it, you have to have a vaccine first if you're doing gain-of-function research, because if you're doing gain-of-function research, you're creating a bioweapon. And the only way that a bioweapon is effective is if you have a vaccine for it. So if I have a military that's going to invade another country and I'm going to release a bioweapon, I'm going to need a vaccine for my troops to make sure that they're the ones left standing at the end of it. Right. So whenever we see these new vaccines come out and say, oh, this is, you know, to prevent virus X— these are all bioweapons, and these are all things created at the behest of the military through Big Pharma to make sure that if there is a time where, you know, the, the globalists want to release a virus to wipe out, you know, most of the population like they want, like the Georgia Guidestones have said, that, like— you know, every global elitist from the turn of the century until now is wanting to cull the population. You're going to have to have a vaccine to make sure the people who are going that you want to live are going to live. So when there when there isn't a vaccine push for another virus, that means there's already a vaccine and you're not going to get it because you're not in that club. How's that for conspiracy? <laughs> I love that you work the Georgia Guidestones in there. <laughs> 
<laughs> let's wrap up. Let's wrap up uh, climate change real quick here because we got we got two videos. Then we're going to squeeze in a quick break and come back. We still have tons to get to. But you had Kamala at COP28 filling in for Joe, and here she is saying we we can't have climate deniers. Take a listen. Around the world, there are those who seek to slow or stop our progress. Leaders who deny climate science, delay climate action, and spread misinformation. Corporations that greenwash climate inaction and lobby for billions of dollars in fossil fuel subsidies. In the face of their resistance, and in the context of this moment, we must do more. Okay, so what she's saying is we can't have climate deniers, i.e., you can't have a different opinion on this. You can't have a different take. You can't do your own research and come up with it. You're either on our team or you're not. And by the way, it's not good these days to be, I think it's amazing and wonderful, but it's a little dangerous not being on their team. But that's what they're saying. I mean, they're, there's no room for opinion or dialogue anymore. It's just, we cannot have this. If you do not go along with what we are saying, which we are using for the benefit of us, for those elites, for more power and control, if you don't go along with it, something's going to have to be done. I mean, that, that's the message that comes out of almost everything they say, but particularly with climate change these days. You're either on our team or you're not, and God help you if you're not. Yeah. Well, there's no room for the scientific method, which is totally funny because these are the trust the science people, right. and they've dis discounted the scientific method, which all science is based on. If you don't follow the scientific method, then what's the point of having science? If you're just going to say, oh, the science is settled, and this is what it is, and everybody get lockstep. Right. You know, these are the same people who, you know, came out and, you know, said that the earth is flat. And well, stop, don't stop it. Just keep going. <laughs> keep going. Don't get distracted. Stay on target. And, and you know it, what really boggles my mind is the, you know, all these maps that we find from the 15th century that have Antarctica on it, and then all of a sudden it's discovered in 1921. <laughs> really? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> getting back to this, if a main one of the main goals of the scientific method is to repeat, keep repeating the process, keep testing. If you have a belief in something, you have to make sure that your belief is wrong and you have to keep trying to prove it wrong right. to prove your belief right. And with the climate change people, they're, they're, they're done trying to convince everybody. Now it's just brute force. Either you believe in this or we're going to cast you aside. They have totally discounted every scientist that, that you know, has signed on to climate change is bought and ba paid for it is denying the scientific method yeah. and they they their research hinges on donations that they get if the donation donations they get they have their research has to be reflective of the donors and what the donors want yeah well, absolutely. And, 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 and you listen to all the people who are the loudest on climate change. None of them have any background in science whatsoever. They're all politicians. They're all world leaders. They're all people in this power structure that are going to benefit from it and have been benefiting from it because of, of, of the ruse for power and control that it is. 
And then the other problem is, is when you do see scientists stand up and say, hey, you know, I'm not funded by you guys. I've done my own independent research or my, my team has done research and it kind of disproves everything you're saying. And they're like, oh, you're not real. You're not a real scientist. We're going to sh- we're going to shut up. You don't matter. Get out of our way. Right. I mean, you're put down immediately. You're asked to disregard the evidence that you've come up with and you've seen. Same thing, tying it back into this whole George Floyd case and this documentary and seeing the body cam footage. It's obvious none of these cops did anything wrong. They did everything that they were trained to do. And for me, that's part of the scientific method that you have to go back and, wow, we've uncovered evidence that what we thought was real wasn't real so now what are we going to do to make this right and if you're so deep into something then you have to eliminate anybody that has a uh, contradictory opinion of what you have and what the narrative is yeah 100 percent let's uh that's absolutely right you've got hillary just we don't need to speak on this that much but we got to show it because hillary weighed in on all of this too saying that we're seeing death from climate change. It's always death, right? It's always. always. Got to use that fear. Here's, here's the clip. We're seeing uh, and beginning to pay attention and to count and record uh, the deaths that are related to climate, and by far the biggest killer is extreme heat. I mean, even in Europe last summer, which uh, has the ability to count and figure out what happened, They recorded 61,000 deaths because of the heat in Europe. We don't have that kind of number yet from Africa, Asia, Latin America, but we know and estimate that we probably uh, could uh, measure about 500,000 deaths. And the majority of those are women and girls, and particularly pregnant women. There it is again. (laughs) Women and children, women and girls specifically, Dying because of climate change, not these, because of dehydration. Like they, they just need to drink more water. These, yeah, these blown up figures of of extreme heat. Extreme heat. More people die from extreme cold than they do extreme heat. That's just a fact. And it, it, it year after year, it's the same. So yes, you can have some outliers like this. But I love the fact when the left always comes in and talks about the preservation of life, where they're insistent on killing unborn children by the bushelful every year. So you know, Killary, save me, save save me. You know your 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 virtue of wanting to preserve life of pregnant women, really. And especially uh, of human beings in Africa, really, where your buddy Bill Gates is going down there and doing God knows what kind of scientific tests on people in different countries there. It's just it's hilarious and so hypocritical and actually so demonic of these people. This just shows the 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 level of. of just absolute evil inside their souls. Because if somebody like that is able to lie with just such ease and such grace as she can, that's very frightening. It's very frightening. Well, and they you know, like, they always lean on, as we've said, trust the science, right? Which they never do. They never follow the science because it was never about the science. But you, I mean, your point there that cold kills more than heat, their own, the people they love, right? They love the CDC. They've given them so much more power. 
love to lean on them when it benefits them. It's the CDC whose reports and data puts out that twice as many people die in the cold each year globally than than heat. Yes. It's the CDC who actually put out some contrary to the narrative points during COVID. Hey, what about this that it says on CDC's website? Oh, you're an idiot. You're a conspiracy theorist. You're probably racist. What? Are you doing your own research? Where's your degree from? We caution you not to do your own research or thinking. It's not a good idea. But then when they get COVID, they're like, well, it says according to the CDC website, I, it's five days now. So I'm, I'm at my fifth day now. So we can, we, can, we can hang out. Like, wait, so now you're trusting them? I hate everyone. Uh, let's take a quick break. <laughs> let's take a quick break. We're gonna we're gonna get to a Roseanne Barr Bill Maher clip, which was kind of entertaining. Can we get to the fact that the there's thoughts out there that Taylor Swift was actually had borrowed Brittany Mahomes' red coat for the game last night? Do we have to? <laughs> consider it uh we're gonna we're gonna talk about the college football playoff selection though lots of controversy lots of controversy those guys are just laughing and coughing now uh, it's, we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back stick around Never miss an episode and experience the best live in-show engagement with Drew and the crew on Rumble. Be sure to subscribe to Drew's channel to be notified each time he goes live for the best commentary, the best skits, and outstanding guests on the issues that matter to you. You can do so on the Rumble app by searching Drew Berquist, then click subscribe, or by visiting rumble.com forward slash Drew Berquist on your web browser. I'm excited to announce that we're bringing back our best offer ever on our original My Slippers. You save $90 a pair with your promo code. And now My Slippers come in even more sizes smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new styles and colors. Get them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. What makes My Slippers different is my exclusive four layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My Slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve stress on your feet. I'm so confident that you and everyone you know are going to love My Slippers that I'm extending my 60-day money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024, making them the best Christmas gifts ever. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save $90. That's only $49.98 a pair. Quantities won't last long, so please order now. All right, Disco, you got this. Remember, always paper. Mm-mm. 
Okay, when we're ready. All right, here we go. One, two, three. Uh, are you okay? Uh, he'll be fine. Here, Chris. Oh, great, thank you. Come on, Disco, nobody likes a quitter! folks welcome back hit that like button by the way if you have not already make sure you're subscribed here on rumble so you get notified and then make sure that you you share this page this channel with other people uh keep engaging in the chat all of that helps a ton we got to talk crazy roseanne Barr for a second we've shown some interesting clips uh, of Bill Maher, but, but all of his shows not just this one I don't even know what this one's called where they sit in chairs and smoke weed and do stuff. But oh, it's Club Random. It's his podcast. Club Random. It's That's really good. He's got some good guests. He is amazing. I mean, we show yeah. clips a lot from it because there's fascinating Aaron Rodgers, all sorts of people on there. There's been some great conversations. And and this one was too. I, I just had forgotten the name of the podcast. There's that and then there's other show. But anyways, Roseanne Barr, who who is kind of crazy. Her ideas are not necessarily crazy. She just she kind of comes off as, as crazy. Well, we all do. There's certain. There's a certain portion of us in the population that vibrate at a different energy level than the rest, and she happens to be in that category. Is she a part of your people? Yes, very okay. much so. <laughs> I thought. I, I thought you would. Is she like in high standing with your people? Like, yeah, she. She's very. She's very well respected. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, let's play the clip, and then we'll discuss. Here's Roseanne Barr on on Bill Maher talking about big big pharma monsanto all that stuff take a listen it's about two and a half okay so, yeah. perfect do your dirty hands did you wash your dirty hands before right. you stick them in the ice because i i have a thing about germs you know what you want me to get a whole bunch of new ice if you say you washed your hands after you peed i'm gonna accept your apology <laughs> I, I, <laughs> also i have the ice specially treated with a chemical <laughs> that kills i bet my, you did a monsanto derived kills character. my pee should i do that i bet I mean, you did you're all pro chemical and pro monsanto and all that crazy shit. i'm so not you know that. are you shit me the shit you say drives me berserk okay i have a you can attack me on many things. No, I'm not going to attack you. I, I'm just no, no, conversing. But I'm just, I'm just Listen, I, I know, but wait, I want to. No, 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 give me your I need hand. to straighten you out on no, something. No, no, straighten me. Yes, because bitch, you, you, you don't even know. Okay, now you okay, want to straighten but, me but out. I, I'm 70. If I want No, put your hand down right there. Do it. No. Put your hand there. Why? What are you going to do? I'm going to cover it with mine, and I'm going to tell oh, okay. you that I <laughs> okay. love you. Wow. What a 180 that was. I love okay. you, and I don't want I, to hurt you. Leave your you fucking too. hand there. I washed mine. <laughs> oh, oh, that's Listen, right. In... I love you, and what? I want to bring everybody together to see they're getting screwed and robbed. Okay, now, are we on the same page with that? Yeah. Okay, now let's well, talk. All right. Uh, I have a lot of videotape that if I wanted to go into the archives, I could send you where I 
pretty much alone in media was questioning the pharmaceutical industry and people like Monsanto. I was early part of the century with the show. I know was Yeah, so I'm not the guy to hit that hit with the, you're for Monsanto. But what about the vaccine shit? And I've been way out on the limb on that one, too. You were wrong. I don't know which what I don't know what your stance on vaccines is. So why don't you tell me yours and I'll tell you mine and we'll see who's wrong. They're trying to fucking kill us. They're trying to. Yeah, that's why they're giving us the vaccines. I don't think they're trying. Well, they <laughs> are killing that. us. Uh, well, it's much more complicated. They hate us. Who hates us? The pharmaceutical industry? No, actually, the, the fucking crazy ass psychopath billionaires. They hate the regular people. Okay, Bernie. <laughs> she's not wrong <laughs> no she she gets a lot right absolutely she uh, uh, again i always think presentation matters you know and that shows a different vehicle and i love the vehicle and i love how they do it there and i love that they always sound high and drunk and and very comfortable and because because it does it fosters a good conversation both, both of them seemed like they were inebriated doesn't mean that they were off point, though. I mean, her points are right. Now, the the I want to bring everyone together by believing exactly what I say. I, that to me comes. What she says is right. I feel like some people's delivery is just not great. But I found. But anyways, I found the conversation fascinating, and I increasingly, despite having a lot of different views than Bill Maher, find him to be kind of a breath of fresh air. Even though he can be a total dick about things, there's a lot of things where he's just level-headed and right. We're, we're eight, eight out of 10 things we're gonna disagree on. But then he always comes up with a couple where it's like, you know what, I don't hate you. I don't know that we'd be good friends, but I also think we could have a conversation. And that's, that's, that's the refreshing thing is he'll have people, you know, Aaron Rodgers, big time against the, the COVID vax. Big time against big pharma. And <clears throat> politically different on some things that are probably more similar on other things. But he has those conversations. And I think that's just refreshing because you know what? Most people won't. Most people, it's, it's either you agree with everything I say and I like you and you're welcome in my home. Or I hope you fucking die because we disagree on one little thing. Or perhaps everything. But... <clears throat> Tom, what's your take? She's part of your people, so <laughs> so comment. Please do. Again, Roseanne, to me, is one of those people who operates at a different vibration than most normies. Um, I think she's a, you know, in our community, which divided up into truth seekers and normies. Normies, when confronted with the truth, would rather ignore the truth and just keep living the life that they want to live, where truth seekers constantly ask questions, even if their questions are going to be looked at with scorn by the normies who are pushing a specific agenda. Whereas Roseanne, I, I think it's, you know, you're talking about um, the presentation. Yeah, Roseanne's presentation sometimes grates people because of her voice, because of, you know, what she's saying and how she says it. Uh, I think it's important to realize, and, you know, and I'm not making excuses for her, but I think there is some kind of like 
correlation that goes along with it. When she was a kid, she got hit by a car and sustained a massive head injury. Did she? Yeah. And then after that, she said she, it, by her account, her life changed. She started seeing things differently and understanding the world differently. Well, but she's a kid. Like, kids don't understand. Yeah, I think she was older. Maybe a teenager. I think she may have been in high school because they're also the same with Alex Jones. Because I see a lot of parallels between her and Alex Jones. Alex Jones, when he was in high school, got into a fight and got dumped on his head and suffered a severe concussion. So a lot of times what they say, if you can cut through the presentation and hear the message, then it makes sense to you. But for a lot of people, it's the presentation that matters, and they can't they can't hear they can't hear the message through the presentation and refuse to hear it right so i kind of feel like that's what happens to roseanne where she gets discounted the same with alex they get discounted as being crazy and this and that because of their presentation no i think you're absolutely right i mean there's a lot of things like i'm not a big fan of alex jones but i i will agree that a lot of things he says he gets right my my issue with him and it's not even really an issue i i it, but my issue with people like that is they hurt the collective sometimes because of their presentation. They rub people the wrong way, and then everyone gets lumped into the same category, which is never smart to do. You should never be an absolutist and lump everyone in the same category because that's just that's not real. But that's also how people operate. So you also, but you're so you just you're you're like Alex Jones. You believe? Uh, no, I, I don't believe everything Alex Jones believes. I don't like being compared to anyone. I, I, same thing. So you you believe all the stuff that Roseanne Barr does? Well, maybe. Maybe there's a lot of things we agree on. But I, I wish that she would present it better so it didn't push people away. It's, I mean, it, 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 literally, the parallels are in so many things. It's like in faith stuff. You, you meet people who just browbeat the piss out of people and and are so pushy when it comes to, to Christianity. It's like that's not going to work. Right. You're not going to heaven unless you are born again. You're baptized again. Well, now, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, I've got some issues with that. I think we should probably talk about that. I mean, if you're that, you know, if those are the hard and fast rules, then, you know, and that's your baseline, I don't, there's not much of a discussion that we can have. Same thing with, with anyone else who has a differing opinion on certain things, you know, especially politically. <clears throat> I've always found that if you, if, if you disagree with somebody politically, there's usually always something else that you have a common interest in, whether it's sports, whether it's, you know, the outdoors. I found it with running. You know, whenever I would go to a city that I hadn't been to before, I would go to a running store, I'd join a running club, and I'd go out running with people. I never knew I never knew their politics, because mainly we just talked about running, we talked about shoes, and we just talked about— you know, just anything other than politics because, you know, we shared a hobby together. Like, yeah. there, there's one guy in Lafayette, Louisiana, who's an architect that I'm still friends with, and I knew that he was an architect, and I know that he's an artist by what he posts on Facebook, and, and his paintings are magnificent. I still don't know which way he falls on the political scale, and I don't care because our commonality is running an art. Yeah, well, and you just don't, and and, and I I disagree with your your take earlier on that, but that like that's we're allowed to do that, and like we we have we have our views. When I talk of browbeating, though, it's not even what you believe. 
you know, there's differences in your beliefs and my beliefs. There's differences in the, it's the people though who like to, to your point, getting to the same end of like, okay, Roseanne, you want people to believe what you do. Just it's got to be slowly but surely. Like, don't just drop a grenade in the room, being like, "Let's see what happens." <laughs> like, it just never works. Whether it's political stuff, faith-based stuff, even sports. Like, I mean, you don't walk in and be like, "Your team or your rivalry." I mean, you actually kind of do in sports, and it's fun. But you, you know, you don't just blow everything up. Like, it's there's gradual ways to do it. And I guess that all that to say, I don't even know how we really got onto this, but. But the presentation part, it just matters. Like Alex and and Roseanne, not great. I always have said the same thing, although she's changed, but used to say all the same the same thing about Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's like, okay, I agree with a lot of the things that she said, not necessarily has done when she first came onto the scene. But she's not necessarily someone that helps our brand because you go so far over the, the other side. And then the other side, which controls media, social media, big tech, all of that, says, see, all Republicans are like that person. It's like, no, that's not true. We're not. No, we, we have people who are running the party who are more like leftist, you know, Marxist. Right. <laughs> so, no, continue. Go ahead. No, I'm just going to—I had to look it up. The car accident, Roseanne, it wasn't—it was really bad. At age 16, Barr was hit by a car, and the car's hood ornament impaled her in the skull. Yeah. And the incident left her with a traumatic brain injury. Her behavior changed so rapidly that she was institutionalized for eight months after that. Hmm. Interesting. I, I didn't know that. That is, wow. What? The, the, did they say what part? The skull? <laughs> it just said yeah, in, I was gonna say, impaled her skull. That's crazy. Crazy. All right. Well, let's do. let's pivot. Let's pivot. Let's go to something that can bridge the gap out there in culture, and and somehow also divided at the same also time. Also divided too. at the same time. <laughs> Let's go to sports. Let's do some sports. So some people aren't happy today. Such <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Such utter and complete bullshit. I, well, you know, I, I agree and I disagree all at the same time. So the people we're talking about are in Tallahassee, just mere hours from here. Fi you know, final CFP uh, college football playoff rankings came out Sunday at noon. Sat around all morning having my coffee. Didn't go to church this weekend because of sickness. So I sat there and I watched the lead up and the lead up knowing that they were coming. And then they released them as a little afternoon. And... You knew someone was getting screwed because we've never had this many teams who really had a legitimate shot. We had going into the final week, final week of the season and then the, and then the, the championship week, eight teams who were really solid at the top. Historically, it's been, you know, more like three teams. It was top heavy. There was not as much parity because of NIL and, and all of the stuff that's going on, the portal, all the things that are changing things. And you had your three teams and then a fight over who the fourth would be. But they, everyone knew that team wasn't going to have a shot. This year, you literally had Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama, Florida State, Georgia. You had Oregon in the mix until they lost Friday night. You had, I mean, you had some, some really strong teams. And what happened is, is you had Texas, who beat Alabama in week one, jump from seven into the three spot. You had Georgia obviously out after getting knocked off by Alabama. Alabama's victory over them propelled them into the fourth spot. And Florida State, 
who was ex expected by some, not a lot, to get in there, was undefeated, won their conference championship, and they find themselves on the outside at five. So people are, are livid. You can see that's how it's going to break down. You got Michigan and Alabama. Uh, as a Michigan guy, I'm pissed about that because that's probably the worst draw. They're the hottest team right now. <laughs> but Michigan-Alabama playing uh, the first game on New Year's Day and then Washington and Texas going at it that night. So you've got four perennial powers in there, four great schools, some blue bloods in there. But Florida State left out. Mike Norvell, head coach, the AD pissed, legitimately so. But, but again, I, I think that the issue with – if you're a Florida State fan – I understand why you're pissed. If you're a college football pan, pan, if you're a pan, then you've got lots of issues. We'll talk about that in a different show. But if you're a college football fan in general and you're mad, I get it. But the other thing is, and I'm not trying to defend the committee here because I hate this. I think the real issue is the fact that last year you had a, a, a less than a handful, three commissioners of leagues get together and delay the 12-team playoff. The system is the problem because the four best teams are the teams that are in the playoff. Like, Florida State isn't one of the top four teams right now. They've, they've got no, no quarterback. There's injury. That shouldn't matter because you've, you've battled through. Their defense has been outstanding. But <clears throat> if you're choosing the best four teams who are going to give you the best games, I mean, every one of those teams would have chosen to play Florida State if they were given a choice out of that because they're beaten up. They've had a, a good year, but their, their schedule is not necessarily as strong as some of the others. So, uh, I'm, I get it. I, if I was a Florida State pan, fan, I, I don't know why I keep saying pan. <laughs> I, would, I would be absolutely livid, too. Now, yeah, being but, undefeated. But I, also, but I also think Alabama's by far the better team. Now, my question to you I'm, is I'm if you – yesterday the news was Michigan is in, FSU's in, you is out. How would, would you be saying – You say you is out? No, like your team is out. That's what I was just saying. I'd be pissed. Yeah. Absolutely. But but that's the problem. The problem is, is, and next year, this goes away. Next year, we have 12 teams, and all the seven teams I mentioned, plus a couple other good ones, would be in an amazing playoff. It's like a, a college football wet dream. It would, have been, it would have been absolutely outstanding. But there's, no, there's, only, there's only four spots. So it's, again, someone was going to get screwed. Georgia could make an argument. We lost one game. We had a tough schedule. We lost by three to Alabama, who's hotter than than Hades right now. They, they could make an argument. Oregon loses theirs because they lost to Washington twice. Both of them, gosh, both those games were amazing this year. Such a treat. Those were fun to watch. But uh, it, it is, it's, it's tough. Like, I mean, Tom's obviously, Pat, Tom feels like Florida State got screwed. I, I don't think they didn't get screwed. I just don't think that they're better than the four teams that are above them, which it's just a tough, you know, it just, it just is what it is. If we had a better system that was set up for college football today, it wouldn't have been an issue. But the, gone are the days where it's, you know, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, and then one other team that doesn't matter because that's, that's all changed. Now people are like, hey, you want to come here? Here's a million dollars. You want to come here? Here's the collective. Here's the deal that we got. And it's, it's creating more parity. But... Yeah, but, I mean, most Florida State fans, fans feel, when they heard the news, felt like this guy right here. Yeah, you guys fucking suck at your job. I'm going to come down there and beat the fuck out of you, you <laughs> bitch. All right, I'll be down in 10 minutes. Get ready. You better start stretching. I'm going to fucking wear you out, dumbass. 10 minutes, parking lot, pussy. 
<laughs> so, do you know that bit though? Have you seen the whole bit? I haven't seen the whole bit. I just know it's Shane Gillis, and someone posted it. And it was like every FSU fan of the country right now talking about the committee, and I thought it was hilarious. And that's true. That's how they feel. And again, I think they should feel that way. The bit's fantastic. What the is the bit? Captain gets on. He's like, guys, I'm sorry. There's nothing we can do. The plane's gonna crash. We have about five minutes. Call your loved ones. Tell them that you love them. Everyone's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I love you. Like, feed the cat. Tell the cat. And he's like, go fuck yourself. And then the lady's like, <laughs> lady's like, what are you doing? He's like, I got five minutes to live. I'm not going to. My family knows I love them. I'm going to tell these people how I really feel about them. And then the, the, the lady's like, okay. <laughs> I love the one lady's face. That was, that was outstanding. Shane Gillis is a national treasure. And I don't know if you guys remember, but he was hired to be a cast member on Saturday Night Live. And, I didn't know that. It, yeah. And Ooh. some material that he did early on in his career like a year before on his podcast was deemed offensive and so lauren michaels fired him before he had even had a chance to get on on the wow. for him you know what because snl sucks these days the one with nate bergazzi the other week was actually not bad there was a great the george just look up the george washington skit from that one it was hilarious talking about our metric system i never watch snl it's literally like the first time i've watched it in probably over 10 years but I had been told about it, and I do like Nate Bergazzi, and and that was a funny skit. But Shane Gillis is a national treasure. He's he's my guy. <laughs> he's right great. Now. Like if 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 I'm gonna stop something for a comedian, and I love comedy, and I'll, I I watch it a lot, and I've told you I wake my wife up, and then I get in trouble in bed because I'm laughing and shaking the whole bed. But <laughs> if, if I see something new from him that I haven't seen, or if I haven't if I have seen it, like I'm all in. I'm all in. He's freaking hilarious. He's but. a huge, huge college football fan, and especially Notre Dame. That's his team. Like, he, you know, he and his dad, like, travel all over the place to go to Notre Go to Dame. their games? Yeah. I, well, we talked about it the other day. It sounds like Riley Leonard, Duke's quarterback, could end up going there, which is, which is wild. It's crazy to see all this. By the way, Kyle McCord, Ohio State's quarterback, who just led them to a successful year. Of course, they lost to Michigan. But, which is a big deal. If, I mean, that, that's what you live and die on there is entering the transfer portal. Moving on, moving on. But let's get back to this for a second. Yes, let's get back to this. And let's follow the money trail. Who has the most to gain from these matchups? Tell me your thoughts. Who has these conferences to locked up in TV type contracts? SEC and Big Ten. Yeah, and who has those? I don't. Uh, well, it depends because well, it's the ESPN. Big Ten, Big Ten just has got a new deal with Fox and CBS. But for this year, who is it? ESPN and um, <clears throat> is it NBC? There no. you go. ESPN. Yeah. Who owns ESPN? Disney. Disney. Yes. Yeah. Follow the money, baby. <laughs> Follow the money. <laughs> it, uh, it, if we if we had more time, I could weave this into child trafficking. I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> you could. I'm absolutely certain that you could. <laughs> Uh, what's interesting, I was listening to sports radio too, which I always do, but I was this morning um, when I was headed to the studio and the one of the guys was talking about how it, everything, there's such a shakeup, but really there's there's two conferences that, that for all intents and purposes matter the most in, in college football with the SEC and the Big Ten. The other, it doesn't mean the others aren't as Big 12, ACC, great. Pac-12 actually had a great year. Now they're closing their doors, but but with the realignment, that's what we have. We have two super conferences, right. and then we have the rest. Exactly. And this year, technically speaking, not yet, but but all the teams in the playoff are part of those two because you've got Texas who's going to the SEC next year, and you've got Washington who's going to the Big Ten next year. So 
you're already starting to see that you've you've got those those two conferences anyways going back to it basically you have the afc and the nfc and then you've got the rest which is the xfl yeah kind of sort of <laughs> yeah well i mean they're, and they're gonna have to make changes the, the, yes. the big 12's close the big 12 has done some good things the acc is going to depend on what they do with a couple moves you know, I still think the ads are random as hell with SMU, Cal, and Stanford. <laughs> I get it. I get the TV markets. You want Dallas and you want the California area, Los Angeles and, and Stanford. But it's they're going to have to make some decisions. Does Florida State stay in? You know, they, they've been unhappy talking about leaving. Maybe now they're like, well, fuck it. I guess we got to play in, in one of the other conferences to get in. I mean, maybe that propels it. I don't know. I know right now they're all fuming hot and again i totally get it i totally understand i i think that this was i think not defending the committee i would not have wanted to be on the committee this year because no matter what decision you make you would have been screwed yeah. you're like i'm pissing somebody off no matter what yeah i don't know tough deal tough deal real quick i told you that if michigan won i was really disappointed with how we played actually uh saturday night 26 nothing. it was a shutout but just the iowa defense really was stout and was not an impressive offensive performance but it was a win nonetheless uh, i don't feel great about playing alabama i feel like that's probably going to be a semi-final loss but we'll see you never know but petiti who had suspended harbaugh wouldn't harbaugh had zach center who got hurt give uh receive the the big 10 championship trophy <laughs> yes so so I it's love like that. marlon brando and uh, what was it little bird or whatever when he got the academy award and it turned out that the indian that he sent up there was a fake indian <laughs> i don't remember that <laughs> yeah that was back in the 70s yeah he was protesting the the treatment of native americans so when he won an academy award i can't i was it for the godfather and he Must sent, have been. Oh God, I can't remember her name, but she went up there to give this speech about, you know, how Marlon Brando wouldn't, you know, wasn't going to accept the war until Native Americans are being treated better. John Wayne was in the wings and had to be held back because he wanted to go out and smash her in the face. <laughs> it became this whole big legendary scene. Whether he did that or not is part of Hollywood. Who cares? Folk. The story's <laughs> worth it. Yeah. Little Feather. Little, Little Feather. feather. Yeah, yeah, she was a member of the Apache tribe. Well, actually, it, it comes to it came to light maybe two years ago that she's actually not. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Well, so anyways, you know, there's tension between the two. Harbaugh has Zach Sinter, who just got hurt, broke his both his fibula and his, his tibula um, uh, in the Ohio State game. But you had that happen, and Zach received the trophy. Then Joel Klatt, who's down there for Fox doing the you know ceremony and all of that, calls Jim Harbaugh up, and you can see you can see Petiti turn, make no eye contact, and disappear into the crowd. Like, I'm out of here. Just watch this. Harbaugh wanted it to go to Zach Zenner. So the commissioner of the Big Ten, Tony Petiti, the trophy to 65, Zach Zenner. They're booing Petiti, obviously. You can see Harbaugh kind of over his left shoulder. Coach, come on up here real quick here. Coach Harbaugh. Come on up here real and quick. And Petiti turns, and I'm out of here. On. You guys now, he's giving the trophy in fairness, but there's definitely some awkwardness there. I'm not taking the trophy. Give it to one of my kids, and and then he gets called up there, and Petiti's he's, he's out. He's out. I thought it was interesting. That's great. 
But let's end on this. Everyone's seen this now. I don't know if people appreciate this, though. Uh, well, actually, Disco's got something for you real quick oh, okay. before we get to this. Okay. What I sent you? Oh, I haven't pulled it in. Oh. Keep. Okay. I'm sorry, I didn't. Is that your top ten? No, I've also have the top ten too. Okay. Okay. Would you I, like to know my top ten? Tom, while he's getting. Tom has 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 let me know that he's got a top ten best and worst. And I said of what? He said. Well, this 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 was sent to me, and this is this is a poll that was done. Um, I'm not sure who it comes from, but this ranks the best cities in America for hot tub lovers. Number one, Colorado Springs. <laughs> Number two, Beaverton, Oregon. Three, Reno. Four, Denver. Five, Las Vegas. Six, Spokane. Seven, Houston. Eight, Bend, Oregon. Nine, Raleigh, North Carolina. Ten, Cincinnati. Are you a big hot tubber, Drew? I love hot tubs. <laughs> I really do. I, I keep. If we didn't live in Florida, we'd have one. But I love, I love some hot tub time. Do you, can you be in one of those hot tubs where it's like 20 degrees outside and you're in the tub and it's freezing outside? I love doing or, that. But I, I've only done that like once and I like froze to death trying to do it. It was like it became uncomfortable. Because well, it's like if you like get your body completely wet, you know, to stay warm and then you come up a little bit, you're just like you freeze instantly. That didn't happen to you? No. No, I don't know. I, I guess it, might have, it was hot enough. I'm, I'm assuming, we're, you know, like the tub was to where my face wasn't freezing. Mm. But that's just me. Sorry, I went on a coffee. Are you, do, are you done dying? I'm done dying, I think, for now. Um, so you don't get cold in outdoor hot tubs in the so, winter? No, so <clears throat> when we go to Minneapolis, we're, you know, cold as balls during the fall football season. There's a rooftop hot tub. We spend, we spend probably way too much time up there. Way, and it's frigid out. <clears throat> you, it, sometimes you're walking on ice <laughs> to, to get, get to the to hot it. tub. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's amazing. You're in there. It's fresh air. I love it. I love it, personally. I you, see, you like, I, I would rather be in a hot tub in 20-degree weather than a hot tub in 70-degree weather, personally. Mm. That said, I like a hot tub no matter what. Just like I like a fire no matter what. Like, we'd do fires. It'd be 85 degrees at night overseas in the Middle East. People are like, what are you doing? It's like, it's just it's a fire. It's just fun. We're just. I get mesmerized by that one over there during the show. I just. So we know if you miss a button. It's because I'm like, ooh, <laughs> fire. fire. I got the video for you, Tom. Okay. I've muted it. Wait, we hold on. Did, 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 was there a ten, top 10 worst? Yeah, the top 10 worst are the following. It, uh, they are, uh, I lost it, it's loading up again. The top 10 worst, Edinburgh, Texas, Far, Texas, Antioch, California, Hawthorne, California, Bellflower, California, Compton, California, Strange. <laughs> Let's be honest, how many hot tubs are in Compton? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Laredo, Texas, Victorville, California, El Monte, California, and Brownsville, Texas. I could see Brownsville, the amount of... You know, illegals traipsing through your backyard. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. not very conducive to hot tubbing. Yeah, unless you're out there, like, with a beer and a rifle. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that sounds... Now, <sighs> no Florida cities made it. What, what's interesting, too, is, like, I, I don't know how anyone took the time to actually make this list, which is <laughs> absolutely hilarious. <laughs> but how, how, how you get put on the worst. Like, I, Colorado Springs, Utah, places like that, makes sense for hot tubs. 
But to just be like, you know what? These California and Texas cities, they suck for hot tubs. Because <laughs> that's, that's like all the lists. Well, the seven matrix, uh, some of the seven matrix are the number of hot tub dealers, average utility bills, <clears throat> and periods of extreme cold. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Okay, what's this other thing you want to show me? Let's move on from hot tub. I, I view Although the audio. I do, want, I do want a hot tub in the studio. I feel like it could work kind of like the apartment in Coming to America. Yes. I'm just saying. What's this clip, Tom? All right, here we go. Go ahead and roll the clip, and I'll read the story. Did Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes swap styles at Sunday's game? Fans are convinced that the red teddy coat the Grammy winner wore over, wore over this weekend was borrowed from Brit Brittany Mahomes' closet. Swift, who paired her bright Stella McCartney outerwear with an all-black outfit and her signature red lipstick, does not appear to have worn the trench previously. Mahomes, however, was spotted on the sidelines, seemingly identical coat back in November of 2022 while pregnant with their son, Bronze. So we have this whole internet... <laughs> I love how angry <laughs> Drew is right now. <laughs> Who cares? She's part of the NFL, bro. Ah, I just, stop talking. She's only a part of it because people keep talking about it. I still love the, the article from that I showed you from Fox that was like, uh, Taylor Swift's boyfriend breaks a record <laughs> in football game. <laughs> yeah. No, it's I, I'm just so over it. I... I Football is 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 obviously very important to me. I don't bring your distractions in. Leave it leave it out. I don't want it. I don't want it. I want pure ball. I personally think that Taylor Swift liked Britney's coat but bought one identical to it. Because I don't think Britney and Taylor are the same. I think Taylor is taller. Yeah. Well, I I just, I don't but, but, but also I don't too, also too. I love that you're getting into it now. If we're, if we're if gonna, that didn't happen, maybe it was. But also too, if we're gonna break it down, they're not identical. Those the, the colors are a little different. Well, but that could be lighting. I mean, no, it's it's. I'm just saying, it's the same. They, they do. The, the, Taylor's look brighter. It's, it's not like it changed. Like, Stop yeah. it. We can't talk about. <laughs> I knew this would get under his skin. I, I, Tom Tom pushes this just to piss me off. Freaking Swifties! I think deep down he is a Swiftie. I think Tom's a Swiftie. I, I think if we were to play a song, Tom would do the lyrics. I don't you know what I kind of I feel like I've missed out on the Taylor Swift thing because I was never really into her music and I don't I, it's good from you know the the clips that I've heard but if you want to go down her stage show and yeah, and the, uh, the box and the, <laughs> the cube cube sorry <laughs> if you want to start talking black cubes said we could you know, take this. In we'll do that in Tom's conspiracy <laughs> corner. All right, sing along, Tom. I seriously don't know any of her music. <laughs> she, she is talented. She's got poppy music. She's talented. Her her show that she puts on is notwithstanding the cube and all the other stuff that you, <laughs> the it, demonic it, symbolism. Yeah, it, it, the sorcery. It's impressive. I'm not all in on on Taylor Swift, um, and I definitely don't want it a part of football. But How about your kids? Are they into Taylor Swift? No, your girls? Really. No. no. Okay. My my girl, my fa they know some of her songs because everyone does. But like my my girls are into country music and Christian music. Yeah. 
Right now, it's my my oldest, and I, I, it's like she's heard me say it once. I think she's also heard you say it once. Uh oh, <laughs> it's fantastic. Be like, hey, uh, what's your favorite music? She's like, '80s music, because everything was better in the '80s. And I'm like, thank you, yes, thank you for that. And I love well, you know it. what? I mean, yeah. And some people might disagree, but we can all agree that life was better in the '80s. Yeah. So, and we is- all can agree that football is much better now that Taylor Swift's involved. <laughs> <laughs> So let's. I, I, think, uh, I think you're lucky that his gun is in his bag over there and not by. Oh, no, it is. You move. Oh, okay, yeah. it's right there. Yeah. Um, you never know when we're gonna get like true, yeah. or, or you know whatever. So bring it on, bitches. Uh, let's oh, let's <laughs> let's talk about this. Um, this this is people have talked about this again. Uh, I was alluding to it before. I don't think people appreciate this enough. This is from the Michigan-Iowa game, the Big Ten Championship Saturday. But from someone who's played and someone who's coached and someone who just loves the game, which you don't have to have played or coached. It is somebody who has ran track before. When I saw this, my uh, my jaw still—I play this over and over again because I'm so impressed. I, I, am t- I mean, if, if you want to raise your kid right, or you know what, if, if you know that you've raised your kid right— and that there's hustle and determination and perseverance in there. Check out this. Check out this clip. This is this was a great punt return by Samaj Morgan by Michigan, who almost went all the way, but he didn't because of Cohen Entringer, who's a freshman for Iowa. You'll see him. You'll see him miss Samaj Morgan down around the the. Uh, I think it's a little bit further back here. You'll you'll see, and then see who catches up to him. Morgan inside the ten makes two people miss. Morgan had a steam with the steam. Samaj Morgan, watch out. The freshman down the sideline. Morgan knocked out wow. inside the five. It is one of the most amazing plays I've ever seen. And 84 I, I you want that kid over any other kids. Like, is, is this, it, he is a great athlete, obviously, but like the mentality and the mindset yeah. behind it, too, it's like. I pick him. He's my first pick. Yeah, he missed the tackle. He didn't, like, uh, he just got yeah. up and ran. <laughs> I like when he got into the pile of people. First, he ran up to a teammate and pushed his shoulders back. Yeah. And they came up to a Michigan dude and pushed him aside, and they just put on the Jets after that. It's it's It, it was just a phenomenal play. Yeah. Well, phenomenal play. play to the whistle blows. Yeah. It's not uh, done. Yeah, it, seriously. And, and yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, I was so impressed by it. It's not the first time it's ever happened. It won't be the last time, but it doesn't happen enough. And honestly, whether it's in football or a game or whether it's in life, like you just, if we had more like that, yeah, we, we'd be yeah. in a better place. And I know that's a far stretch and people are like, what are you talking about? But it, it honestly just is like you, you need people with character and the, and the right, you know, just the will to fight and keep going on. And I just, I loved it. I, I thought it was freaking awesome. It, it gets you. You get your adrenaline pumping. It, one, to me, one of the 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 best things to watch on television at, at any time is the four by four hundred relay, and because that because you know it's one lap around the track. Is that the baton one? Yes, yes. Yeah. I love. And that it one. comes to the anchor leg. This is what it reminded me of when it's like you, if the American team is down and they're you know coming from like third place to second, and they pick off second place, and now you know it's the final stretch and they're coming home. This is what that excitement reminded me of yeah. because we you know when you saw it the first time, a lot of people 
people had missed it. But when you watch it again, you still have that same excitement as if it's live. It's like, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. You're almost there. And then, boom, he knocks him out, you know, at the three-yard line. No, I, I totally missed it. I was hooping and hollering. My whole you know, family's going nuts for Samaj's return, which was great. By the way, that kid's like a freshman. He's like a little Tyreek Hill. He just goes fast. But he, he also tuckered out there. So let's get him. Let's get him doing some more conditioning. Um, but, but but no, you see that play. It's like, bro, that's just freaking awesome. It, like, I, they were the other team. I just respect good football. I was a hell of a football program. Always have been uh, absolutely zero offense now. I love, too, that their quarterback's got, like, a beer belly. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it, I, I'm, I'm not trying to pick on him. I'm in my 40s, and gravity's caught up to me, too. But, like... I just you don't normally see that for a in your prime, you know, part of a division one football program. I mean, he yeah. he, he does. It, it was, it's kind of an astonishing. It's like Billy Kilmer from the Redskins back in the 70s. <laughs> Remember him? Same thing. I've seen I have cards of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's it's it was it was. But uh, we'll end on that because that was a great clip. Great hustle. Um, great job. Cone. I don't know if I'm saying your name right. Um, but I tried. I tried, and, and I, at least we respected you by playing your clip. Uh, folks, we hope that you have a great rest of your night. Thanks for spending some time with us. Don't forget to hit that like button on your way out tonight if you have not already. Don't forget to share. Make sure you're subscribed on the page here. Make sure you also go to DrewBerkwist.Locals.com. Sign up there. Use promo code DREW30. All mashed together for uh, a free month trial over there so you can get booze and banter and you can join us for that pre-show drink that pre-show tailgate uh which we call booze and banter all of that so please do all those things we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow have a great night be safe be smart be free